I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. The guilty verdict in the Trump Organization tax fraud trial. After two days of deliberations, during which the jury sent several notes requesting testimony readback and readback of the counts, today it found two entities under the Trump Organization guilty on all counts. That include conspiracy, falsifying business records, criminal tax fraud, and scheme to defraud. The Trump Organization calls the verdict preposterous and says it plans to appeal. Repeated offenses. That's what we want to narrow in on. There's just a small number, Sid, small number of people who are committed a large amount of our crime in this city. Wednesday morning, get you going with me, sitting friends in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC, the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show in America. And uh, you folks are keeping score at home, number eight in the city overall in the demo that matters, including beating stations like WFAN, WCBS, and others. You seem to have those questions on social media all the time. There's your answer. 12 plus, we beat them all. So welcome back on this um, Pearl Harbor Wednesday, of course, December 7th, 1941, as FDR once said, a day that will live in infamy. So I guess you uh, you look back, if my math is correct, 81 years, 81 years ago today, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. And, of course, that was basically the setting for World War II. Of course, the the German invasion of Russia, Stalin, Hitler, all those things, part of it, too. But 
the Japanese attacking Pearl Harbor 81 years ago today was um, was a catalyst, if you will, and so many brave men and women, mostly men back then, died and on those ships. You know, I've been to Hawaii a bunch of times. In fact, you guys know this. If you've been listening long enough in the six years I've been here, we've been to Hawaii twice, me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe, and they hoodwinked me. The uh, second time I went, we always go to the same place, Kona. I've been to Hawaii six times in my life. I covered four Pro Bowls way back when with Scott Kaplan, and we stayed uh, twice in Kona, the big island, and twice in Honolulu, where they actually have the game. But the last couple of years, me and my family went to the big island, Kona, and um, they hoodwinked me into buying a timeshare, which I did at one point. Which is good all over the world, of course. I'm a Hilton Honors member, so I can stay in any Hilton hotel around the world. But I specifically got myself into a two-and-a-half-bedroom apartment on a um, right over the water in Hawaii, in Kona. And we stayed there two years ago. It was gorgeous during COVID, mind you. And Hawaii was no fun. I mean, they made you put masks on everywhere. It was a complete disaster. But what a gorgeous country. And I remember the day before we were coming home, I said, why don't we stop at Pearl Harbor? I've never been there before, but folks tell me how beautiful it is. And they say you can still see the bubbles. Still, 81 years later, at this point it would have been 79 years later, you can still see the bubbles coming up from the bottom of the sea. All those bodies have been trapped in that one boat specifically, and I I forget which, uh, which ship it was. But they're all still there, all those bodies, at the bottom of the, um, the ocean there. And um, I think Bernie has actually been there, God rest his soul, Bernard. And I think he was the one who said, Sid, you got to go. I've been there. It's amazing. So it was um, during the COVID, and it was shut down. <laughs> it wasn't open. And eventually, when they did reopen it, you had to make, like, this reservation months and months in advance. And whatever, I just never got there. But I wanted to. So if I ever do go back to Hawaii, and I still have that apartment overlooking the Pacific, I would make it my business to make sure I did do that. But 81 years ago today, is that right? Is my math correct? 1941, 81 years, right? Uh, 59 and 22. Plus 22, that's yeah. how I do it. No, yes, you're you right. Uh, I think it's the, U- uh, the USS Arizona. That's, that's exactly right, yes. The USS Arizona, where Carrie Lake did not win. And Blake Masters did not win. What a great transition. Blake Masters did not win. But as you heard in a little news piece that we start every show with now, put together by both Chris Libertini and Justin Ellick, one of the major stories on the docket today was this awful Senate race in Georgia with two of the worst candidates ever, including ours, former great running back Herschel Walker, a complete embarrassment. And uh, Warnock, an even bigger embarrassment. Somebody had to win, and the Democrat won. So now they've got the majority in the Senate, 51-49. And I'm sorry, I'll mention this forever, but I can't get out of my head the night before Election Day, the midterms, watching my friend Jesse Waters on Fox News, and he's like basically masturbating all over himself. We're going to win 54 states, 55. And Carl Rove is like, Jesse, slow down. And Jesse's like, well, what number do you see? The red wave is coming. And Rove was like, I don't know, maybe 51. I wouldn't even go to 52. Well, folks, 
51-49 Democrats is how this thing turned out. And people are still blaming Donald Trump, and I don't. I don't blame Donald Trump, but this was another loss for him yesterday because even though he has distanced himself from Herschel over the last couple of months, one thing about Trump, boy, if he knows his guy's not going to win, he disappears quickly. Plus, he's got other stuff to worry about, like his organization yesterday found guilty of all 17 counts of fraud and all kinds of uh, lousy business dealings and to me, that whole story is a nothing burger. We are going to talk to one of the most prominent attorneys in the country. He's in Israel this morning, the great Alan Dershowitz. But to me, it's a nothing burger. I mean, I don't believe, for example, that this uh, Weaselberg, it may be Weiselberg, but I call him Alan Weaselberg. I don't believe that he acted it on his own. I don't believe that Donald Trump knew nothing about everything he was doing. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I know you guys want me to defend Donald Trump every step of the way and suck up to him. I don't believe it. Donald Trump is too good of a businessman for somebody in his business operation to do these types of things, have his kids' prep school paid for, vacations, without him knowing about it. Ask John Katsimatidis, right upstairs on the fifth floor. That guy runs eight companies. He knows exactly what everybody is doing. When they take a crap, John Katsimatidis knows. Don't tell me Donald Trump had no idea. I don't care. Because I think every big businessman does the same thing. I really do. Maybe I'm just a, um, a cynic at this point. But I believe anybody who's made millions and billions of dollars, except for you, John, of course, does all these types of things. To me, it's a nothing burger story. Donald Trump wasn't even uh, named in this suit. This is his company and this uh, Weaselberg. Now, the attorney general, of course, here in New York, Letitia James, she is going after Donald Trump, him. But in this suit that came down yesterday where the Trump organization was found guilty, Donald Trump, nothing to do with it. Although Alvin Bragg took a victory lap yesterday, that fat, disgusting, low-life, lying DA of ours in Manhattan, he took a victory lap and couldn't wait to mention Donald Trump's name. So here it was, right after the verdict came down, guilty. Here is a fat Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA. This is cut number one, Lewis. Uh, again, just so happy that the Trump organization was found guilty. The four president's companies now stand convicted of crimes. That is consequential. It underscores that in Manhattan, we have one standard of justice for all. As the jury addresses indicated, this was a case uh, about lying and cheating, uh, false documents uh, to the end of evading taxes for the benefit of individuals and the corporations. Um, They've now been held accountable in a court of law right here in Manhattan. So, again, I think it's a nothing burger. But the problem is these things start to mount for Donald Trump. You keep saying this means nothing. This means nothing. January 6th. That means nothing. Mar-a-Lago raid, that means nothing. This um, guilty verdict for his organization, that means nothing. And, folks, life is cumulative. When you start to add up things that are not good, there starts to become a stench that you can't get rid of. So I try to defend Donald Trump still, and I told, you know, no big deal. But I'm telling you, folks, wake up. Because all these things, when you add them up, these are not good You may think they're nothing. I think they're nothing. They're not good. 
So, of course, Trump went on the offensive before the verdict came down, and he put this on his Truth Social social media account. He said, murder and violent crime is at an all-time high in New York City. And the DA's office, talking specifically about that fat Alvin Bragg, has spent almost all of its time and money fighting a political witch hunt for D.C. against Trump over fringe benefits, something that in the history of our country has never been so tried in court before. Two weeks at trial, yet no murder case has gone to trial in six years, much to the consternation of victims, mothers, and families who are devastated that nothing is being done to bring justice too busy on Donald. Well, both could be true. Donald's right. Letitia James, the attorney general, complete embarrassment. And she's in big trouble, too, because she knew all about this aide of hers that was guilty of a sexual issue. So she's in big trouble, too, I would hope at least. She's an embarrassment, and so is Alvin Bragg. But, 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 that doesn't mean what he does is okay. So Donald goes on the offensive and talks about crime in the city and everything else because, well, that's all that matters. And if I want to mess around a little bit and pay for Weaselberg's kids' tuition, no, I'm going to do it because I'm Donald Trump. But uh, unfortunately for Donald, he's got eyes everywhere. Now it's unfair. There's no question about it. But it is what it is. And it doesn't mean he didn't do something, at the very least, him, his organization, at the very least, not great because they're paying attention to him and not something more important. Both could be true. Does that make sense, Lewis, or no? Uh, yes, I'm, tr- I'm following you, I-, I think. I don't think you are. No, I'm, I'm kind of. You were happy with the guilty verdict anyway because uh, you don't like <laughs> Donald Trump. You hate Donald Trump. <laughs> Stop using the word hate. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. You wouldn't him. vote for him if he was the only candidate left in the world. No, that's totally inaccurate. Did you vote for him last time? Yes. That's a lie. I was happy he won last time. <laughs> you are lying. Uh, no, I'm not lying. Well, what happened the last six years then? Uh, let's that, that you're see. so down on him now. Let's see. He threw tear gas into a crowd in Washington, D.C. He didn't he throw helped. anything. You uh, see, this okay. is what. Here we go. Uh, okay. Here we go. Oh, okay, he didn't do it himself. All right, fine. Right, right. He, he didn't do it. Right. He, uh, you sound like Chuck Schumer. He besmirched the name of John McCain. He did for do no that. Yes. No, that was he unfortunate. Made, right. He made fun of a disabled yeah. person. See? Oh, he did not make fun of a disabled oh, person. Danielle says that to me all the time. She's like, oh, he made fun of the kid. He made those hand gestures and all uh, that okay, stuff. I can't and wait to hear this explanation. Go ahead. What he was he, just. He, do? Oh, right. he was. Yeah. He was gesticulating. Like many people do. Yeah. He was just kidding around, you know. Right. Somebody that doesn't dislike him, you're reeling off, I mean, all these things. At the very top, like it's at the very top of your consciousness. You have like a list ready. Yeah, you You want to keep going? (laughs) You're waiting to to let the show out. I didn't even have a list, too, off the top of my head. Right, you hate him. three things. Fine. Now Now his organization is guilty of fraud. You can add that to that. Yeah, that's just business dealings. You don't that, care about that. that. Is, yeah. I, I thought what he did with the uh, with the economy and stuff and uh, putting on tariffs and all that yeah. was excellent, and he and he helped the economy. That's what I wish he focused on. But now you, you've he he, he have and, you are you completely abandoning him? Is it over no, at this point? No, I'm not completely Lou's, abandoning. Okay. Him. Lou's got a good point though. Like like a lot of his strengths, he's not really running on again. Like he had a fantastic foreign policy. 
the Middle East was was more peaceful than it's ever been under his control. And like that's the stuff you should focus on. And I that's totally the thing agree. You always say this thing with Ukraine would never have happened. No, 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 there's no question it would never happened. have happened. Taiwan also. That's the stuff you should focus yeah, on. Of course, he's a freaking. He would win if he, if that's what he ran. Well, on. Why doesn't he do that, uh, Lou? His ego. Do, why doesn't he? Why doesn't? Wouldn't Wouldn't you listen to one person? In your uh, in your uh, Me? list of people, I listen that... to a bunch of people. Okay, and then say, "All right, you're stupid. I'm not listening to you." Right, I do that all the time. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's your mo. Yeah, but I'm much like Donald Trump in that respect. But I don't think anybody he doesn't listen to anybody. No, so. no, he doesn't. You're right. I mean, I do. Big. I mean, I, Danielle tells me stuff. I absolutely listen. Every once in a while, John and Chad tell me stuff. I do listen, and not all the time. <laughs> no, not all the time. No, and that's. I'm fine. sorry. It's, it's still I'm your sorry. Decision. It's still his decision. But they, you're hearing these uh, these military guys who say, nope, I told him this three years ago. He didn't listen to me. Yeah. Trump's probably That's the same. He probably listens to Dick Morris every now and then. <laughs> Dick Morris. Every once in a while. He does listen to Dick Morris. You're right about Other that. Other time he probably tells him. He's like, he's stupid. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm not listening to Dick. See, but like days like yesterday <laughs> is when I find myself defending Trump again because this lawsuit, uh, to me, and, and maybe Alan Dershowitz will, will explain it differently, to me... His organization being found guilty is nothing. And again, maybe Dershowitz will explain to me it is something big. And then when you add that to this Medal of Freedom ceremony yesterday, where Chuck Schumer is out there talking about the brave police officers that were killed basically because of Donald Trump, which is a lie. We all know only one person died that day, an innocent lady named Ashley Babbitt, who was murdered by a black cop, by the way. No officers died that day. Brian Sicknick died after that day from natural causes. And then when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, my man Trump, he is treated unfairly every day. And I go back and forth. The good news is I go back and forth. I'm not just cemented in one position like forever now Donald Trump's my guy. He, he will make mistakes, and I will point them out. But yesterday, that Medal of Freedom, that ceremony was disgusting. What they said about Trump what they said about the cops, January 6th. In fact, here is uh, the most guilty of all, just lying. I mean, just lying. Chuck Schumer, play these uh, three cuts, five, six, and seven, then we'll go to break. Chuck Schumer, yesterday at the Medal of Freedom ceremonies, talking about remembering the folks that gave their lives on that day. There was only one, Ashley Babbitt. He doesn't mention her. On that terrible day in January... You stared directly into the heart of darkness, and though outnumbered, you held the line, the line of democracy. You bravely held it, and democracy endured. So just so you know, he's talking specifically about the Capitol Police. They were celebrated yesterday for what he said, staring democracy in the face and protecting everybody. In the meantime, it was a mess. They basically destroyed the building. An innocent lady got murdered, but that didn't stop, stop Chuck Schumer from lying The whole day. Here's our number six. As we observe this solemn occasion, we acknowledge that no honor, no recognition can bring back the officers we lost to the attack. Stop right there. What officers did we lose to the attack? Got people like Stephen A. Smith on ESPN saying five cops that died that day. Could somebody please ask Chuck Schumer the names of the officers that died that day? Because, again, as far as I know... Brian Sicknick died of natural causes after that day. The only person who died that day was a white lady murdered by a black cop named Ashley Babbitt. Can Chuck Schumer name the cops that died that day? 
They just keep saying cops died, cops died. It's just not true. And this is when I start to find myself defending Donald Trump once again. One more cut, Chuck Schumer, number seven. The dome of this Capitol is kept lit by day and night as an enduring symbol of our precious democracy. It's a message to the entire world that here in America, self-rule must forever serve as our bedrock. On January 6th, that light flickered for a brief harrowing moment, but it was rekindled anew (laughs) thanks to the bravery of our Capitol Police, the D.C. Metropolitan Police, and all of our public servants who dedicate themselves to protecting this Capitol. Today, because of these heroes, the vision of our founders remains alive in our time. So thank you. God bless you. God bless our democracy. What a jerk off. Oh, my God. Is there a bigger jerk off than Chuck Schumer in the history of American politics? Is there a bigger jerk off? We'll, we'll make a list. Maybe he's at the top. He, I think he is at the very, very I, I top. I really do. He's right there. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We've got an unbelievable show coming your way this morning. The man who hosts Other Side of Midnight, he's a great radio host, Frank Morano, set to join us at 6.40. The always entertaining, talking about great radio host, Curtis Sliwa. He'll be here at 7.05. 7.40, we'll talk to Alan Dershowitz, live from Israel, about this Trump Organization verdict yesterday. 8.05, Lee Zeldin gives me, Sid, the exclusive on whether or not he's going to accept that RNC position, Lee Zeldin makes the announcement right here first, coming up at 8.05. And then, of course, the great Congressman Peter King, his Wednesday visit coming up at 8.40. Folks, keep it right here. You're going to love this show as you do every day. Me, sitting friends in the morning, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Oy. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. December 7th, 1941. A date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. As Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy, I have directed that all measures be taken for our defense, but always will our whole nation remember the character of the onslaught against us. No matter how long it may take us to 
to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people in their righteous might will win through to absolute victory. Springsteen War, FDR, of course, 81 years ago today, December 7th, 1941, the day that uh, still is in infamy, FDR talking about the attack on Pearl Harbor, that's where we are today. You know, it's um, we debate a lot of things on radio. I did sports talk radio for many, many years, and the uh, lamest and oldest debate is the best quarterback of all time. You know, my grandfather's generation, they swear by Johnny Unitas. My dad's generation swears by guys like Bradshaw and Storback. And then growing up, I had guys like Dan Marino. And now, of course, you had Peyton Manning. But I think Tom Brady now has pretty much ended that discussion. But it's a lame, age-old discussion. One thing we never discuss is what was a worse day in American history, Pearl Harbor 1941 or 9-11, 2001. And I'm glad we don't because... God, that would be stupid. They were both horrendous, horrendous thousands of brave folks. And civilians, of course, 2001, just showing up for work, died. And I think we could all agree that those two days, not one more than the other, those two days are the most tragic and the worst in the history of this country. Well, you have to, you have to throw the Civil War in there, too. I guess you do. 620,000. That's true. You're right. But that's... Guys, and fighting each other. It was so long ago. But well, you're right. You're right. It, well, it, it wasn't one day, too. Yeah. Well, okay, was, we're talking one day. And don't forget right. January 6th also, because... That <laughs> oh, was, yeah, that, that might be the worst day. The worst day, day ever, yeah, right? Yeah, that was the worst day ever. It is. Thousands of people died in D.C., and it was a terrible day. Yes, I, I listened to Chuck Schumer yeah. religiously. Moron. <laughs> so we, uh, we'll go back and forth with that all day. We've had, we have like a six or seven amazing guests. Yesterday, Eric Adams was on the show, the mayor. I thought he was great. I had to spend my afternoon blocking like 9,000 morons on Instagram and Twitter and the rest of that stuff. That's my day now, folks. I give you the best talk show every morning. Number one by a distance. I tripled WOR's ratings last month. Beat some of your favorite stations in the 12-plus FAN, CBS. Beat all of them. And yet I still have to deal with some of your nonsense every day. Adams was great. Look, if you didn't like it, that's fine. I mean, there was one part I didn't like. He actually gave credit to Kathy Hochul. I couldn't stand that. Hated it. But that's okay. There was stuff in there I liked. There was stuff I didn't like. But he's the mayor of New York City. And you folks should all, every one of you, if you care about this city, want to hear what he has to say. But some of you are just so childish. And you just have to attack me and him. And so I just block you all day. And then you get the New York Daily News, that joke of a paper, that rag. You can wipe your ass with that paper. They did a story, believe it or not, on the Eric Adams interview on this show, the mayor. And they pointed out in the story that uh, Bo Deedle, Bo Deedle has a suggestion about allowing the federal government to get involved on some of these gun laws in New York City. And I was all too happy to have that, A, as part of the conversation, 
B, hear Mayor Eric Adams agree with Bo Deedle, and C, have Bo Deedle's name in the Daily News column. But what's the big problem with that column if you read it? No mention of the name of the show or the host that A, had Mayor Eric Adams on, and B, asked him the question. You would have thought Adams and Bo met at like some, you know, some steakhouse around the corner and had that discussion. They hate me so much, the New York Daily News. They hate me so much because I'm a Trump supporter, Republican. They hate this station so much, but really me. They hate me so much. They did a whole story on my interview, my interview, with the mayor and Bo's recommendation and never once mentioned the name of the show or me. Cowards. The New York Daily News. I really wish John Katzmatidis would just buy that newspaper and turn it into, like, one real conservative Republican paper and fire people like Mike Lupica, that wimp, and fire all these, uh, the, the, that, who's that black guy that uh, writes all these, Sean King, that loser. <laughs> My God. He's still employed. He's still there, I think. They have another guy, Leonard something or other. All he does is call out white people. That's his whole job. It's amazing that paper still exists. But they write this whole thing about Adams and Dito. No disrespect to either one of those guys. And it only happened because of me. But no mention of Sid. I think they mentioned Bernie, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Bernie was here, they'd have mentioned you. And Lou, you. they did mention Lou. You played. <laughs> the music was great coming into the trump bo Deedle conversation. Well, so. I do pick up the Daily News from time <laughs> to time. So it's nice of them. <laughs> Traffic and sports and Frank Morano coming up Uh-oh. next. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to my friend Dominic Carter, City Hall. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Dominic asks why people don't get tested for HIV, AIDS. Toy Presley is a manager at the Alliance for Positive Change and regarding World AIDS Day. Let me ask you this question, Ms. Presley, and wrapping up. Why do you think people are reluctant to get tested for AIDS? I think that there is, even though we have progressed and medication and treatment has evolved into this amazing thing, there still is a bit of a stigma that comes with having HIV. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Funny, I referred to Sean King as a black guy when, in fact, he's a white guy. Sorry, Sean. He likes. He thinks he's black. You can't make it up. Anyway, Pete Morgan, he's the man when it comes to these sports updates. Peerless Boilers. Check him out. PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Here's my man, Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Sydney. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Just some local action on the ice last night to get to. So let's start with the winners in your New Jersey Devils. They just keep on churning here. Beating Who's your? Well, just I, I guess mean, Joe Nolan, I guess, right? It's just a, I guess, figure yeah. of speech. Or, yeah, but it's stupid. You don't like it? No. Okay. We're in New York City. Nobody likes the Devils in New York City. Okay. We all like the Rangers. Who would you like me to? Um, just say the New Jersey Devils, not your New Jersey Devils, unless you're having a conversation with Joe Nolan or Phil Murphy. All right. So right. I can only do that with, like, the Islanders and the Rangers. Right. You're in New York. You're in New York. You're not in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, know. I know you love the Eagles. I know, but you're not in New Jersey. I know, but this We're is very di- provincial here. But this is different than coming in and saying, you're Philadelphia Eagles. You, same thing. You, you, same different same state. exact thing. Well, different state. Okay. Pennsylvania, New Jersey are not New York. I'll take your word for All it. Right, you're you the go. expert. Okay, fine. Can you get to my sports now, please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <I'm> just, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Devils, they keep on winning. Uh, they beat the Chicago Blackhawks. Sweet nothing at home. Dougie Hamilton, he was a star in this one. Registered his first three-point game in about three years uh, with two assists. And a first-period goal to get the Devs rolling. Nico Heischer, Jesper Brad are responsible for the other two New Jersey tallies. And the Devils, they head into an off day today, toting a league-best 21-4-1 record. How about that? Elsewhere on the ice, it was the Islanders falling 7-4 at home to the St. Louis Blues to drop their third contest in their last four. The Isles uh, certainly found the back of the net enough to pull this one out, but a third-period four-goal onslaught by the Blues brought New York to their knees for good. They'll be off today as well before getting ready to meet the aforementioned mentioned Devils this Friday in New Jersey. That should be a fun matchup. And on the hardwood, no action last night, but the Knicks, they'll be back at the Garden tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, that tip-off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. As for the Nets, they'll be at home at tonight as well, set to go up against the Charlotte Hornets, also at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And MLB winter meetings set to uh, get back into action today. Uh, no news yet on Aaron Judge. We thought we had news yesterday, courtesy of John Heyman, but uh, jumped the gun. So thanks, John, for nothing. But it is scary now. The Giants <laughs> opening them $360 million. The yeah. Yankees need to step up. So no news, but the Giants have literally put a gun to the Yankees' head. This is the most smoke we've seen come out of the San Francisco camp since uh, rumors started. All right, so you're Mr. There. Yankee. You're Mr. Sports Guy now on the show. Aaron Judge, a Giant or a Yankee? Honestly, uh, there's got to no, be... No, not honestly. Lie to me. Just give me an answer. Giants <laughs> or right, Yankees? I'm just saying there's got to be some merit to John Heyman's report. He wouldn't give just tweet, me he wouldn't an just answer. That. Giants I, or Yankees? I, I, think he, I think he ends up in San Francisco. Wow. That's a blockbuster. Oh, my God. Let's call tell the, the Daily News. Tell the Daily News. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call me a traitor. I'm not a traitor. <laughs> 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. I was Democrat for more than 20 years, but in the last several years, and especially in the last few months, I would say, like more and more, I, I've seen policies that uh, were detrimental to public safety in New York City, especially in southern Brooklyn, but citywide as well. I represent uh, southern Brooklyn communities, and on November 8th, this community sent a very strong message uh, in uh, several assembly districts. Uh, they voted Democrats, strong Democrats, voted for Republican mm -hmm. candidates because they believe the Democratic Party uh, does not uh, care about their safety. I saw you did that very good, Lewis. After midnight, Eric clapped in because Frank Morano, one of the more talented radio hosts in this city, does host the show The Other Side of Midnight. Then you get the other psycho, Curtis Sliwa, who's going to join me in about 15 minutes live in studio. <laughs> he does the other, other side or something. I forget what it's called. I don't care. But the, um, that was Ari Kagan. And this is a uh, very interesting race uh, taking part in Brooklyn. You guys know I've had Michael Raguso, Lauren Conlon's friend, in studio a couple of times. And he's running for city council against this Justin Brannan. But it turns out that Ari Kagan was a Democrat. He was going to primary Justin Brandon, but I guess he sees an easier path to victory if he changes sides, which others have done before, including my own cousin. Norm Coleman went from a Democrat to a Republican. So now Kagan, you heard him there talking about, well, it's about safety. No, it's not. He's a liar. It's all about an easier path to victory. So Kagan is now a Republican, and he'll be primarying my friend Mike Ragusa, but the guy that knows the most about politics, both locally and nationally is, in fact, 
the aforementioned Frank Morano. He joins me right now. Frank, good morning. How are you, pal? I am great, Sid. Thanks for having me on, and uh, congratulations on the ratings that came out last week. I mean, uh, you have certainly put all those naysayers uh, to Hold on. Uh, no, you know, no, the no, silence. No, no because, I haven't. No, uh, just go, you, go, to, go, go to the Sid Rosenberg fan page, Facebook page. There's 123 comments about how I jumped the shark and how the show sucks and I'm no good. And So I have not put the naysayers to rest, but it doesn't matter because I've got the numbers and I've got the show to prove it. They can say what they want, but truth is, no, I have not put the naysayers to rest, but I don't care. Uh, we well, do a great job anyway, here. Apparently, yeah, of course they the are. Of course they are. Right, right. But let's get to this story because you made me aware of this. You're all over these stories, whether it's Tom Sullivan in Queens, my dear friend Lester Chang in Brooklyn, and now this one with Ragusa Kagan and Justin Brannon. My contention again is is that he changed uh, parties because he sees an easier path to victory. You're smarter. What do you think? Well, I think you're you're pretty you're right, right? I mean, what Kagan said could be accurate in the clip that you just played, which is that the Democrats have uh, kind of come out of lockstep, have uh, you know fallen out of the mainstream in terms of criminal justice issues. But the fact remains that Kagan ran for office last year and was elected to the city council last year for the first time as a Democrat, right? So, I mean, it's not as if uh, 11 months ago, the Democrats flipped a switch and all of a sudden they became a party that was uh, all of a sudden much more tolerant of criminality. They were headed down this path when he ran as the Democratic nominee last year. And um, also just uh, two months ago, he mentioned those Democrats that lost their state assembly races. He supported the Democrat that was running against Alec Procrasny, the Republican that just got elected in Brooklyn. So I think this does smack of opportunism. I, I On the one hand, I can't blame the guy if you're just looking at the political chessboard because the, they, the redistricting commission, they basically tore apart his district. There's not much of a district left for him to run in. So he, was, he had a choice of he could run against Brannon as either a Democrat in a primary or run against Brannon as a Republican. And I think he seeing the Russian community, where he's got a lot of support being from Belarus, seeing the Russian community increasingly vote Republican in Brooklyn, I think he felt that that was his uh, his best play. It's going to be a very interesting race. And uh, I, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I have donated to, um, you know, Michael Ragusa's campaign. There you the go. Full disclosure. There you because, go. Uh, Lauren Conlon <laughs> asked me to. But Justin Brannon's been a friend of mine for uh, a long time as well. I know him from his days working for Vinnie Gentile and from his days working in radio. And in, when it comes to constituent services, I don't know that it gets much better than Justin Brannon. But you mentioned party switchers. And look, with the exception of Jeff Andrew in Jersey last year, party switchers on the national level have fared very poorly in Congress and to some extent in the U.S. Senate because they're never really fully embraced by the new party and they are it is held against them by the old party. Uh, with the exception of Jeff Van Drew, I don't think you've seen a member of the House successfully switch parties and run for re-election in the last hundred years or so. It's very difficult to do. Uh, but uh, it, the fact that there are now six Republican 
Republican members of the city council, which there are now that Kagan's a Republican, that is more Republicans that have been in the city council since the late 1990s. So all these reports that the Republican Party in New York City is more abound, that, uh, you know, it's it uh, doesn't exist anymore. It's really not accurate. And you have to give hats off to the minority leader of the city council, Joe Borelli. But it's not just the city council with these new assembly seats that the Republicans picked up this year. And we don't know what's going to happen with uh, with Tom Sullivan, but he is leading. If you include the ballots that he's dead, he's um, dead, he's dead because they, they found 96 ballots. I saw. I and saw the judge that. now, which she signed off on Stacey Amato's mother. This is unbelievable nepotism. Stacey Amato's mother signed off on this. Now they can correct those 96 ballots. Sullivan it, it, is up by 30. Three, he's as good as dead. So uh, putting that race aside, they still picked up at least three new state assembly seats in New York City. So in New York City, you have at least 15 elected Republicans. You have, uh, obviously, Nicole Maliotakis, Andrew Lanza, Vito Fasella. Um, well, we don't know what they're going to do with Lester Chang, but Sam Perizzolo and uh, Michael Riley, Michael Tanousis. So the Republican Party in New York City, in part because of people like Joe Borelli and in part because of uh, leaders like uh, Andrea Katsimatidis, the Republican Party in New York City is doing very well. They're really building a bench for yeah. Manana, which, yeah. uh, which is certainly important. I'm down on Joe Borelli, so down on him. Are you? Well, yeah. Joe is my brother. I love Joe. No, I love He's Joe, a, too. He was on the show. Guy. I love him, too. He's a great guy. He was on the show just a couple of days ago. You guys are closer, obviously. Know each other much longer. Staten Island natives. But, you know, my guy Ragusa is out there fighting Justin Brannon. And here comes Ari Kagan, like you said, switching parties. He's um, he's not he's about as uh, as sincere as O.J. Simpson was. And you get people <laughs> like you know you get Joe Borelli, who I texted yesterday. Ina Vernikov, who I texted yesterday. Your friend Vicky Palladino, who I don't know. My friend Joanne Ariola, and they are publicly supporting Ari Kagan. Why? Michael Ragusa well, is the real Republican. Endorse him. Well, I think for two reasons, right? I mean, first of all, uh, they keep in mind they have to work with Kagan now on legislation so and things like that. So some well, because I, I work with people I don't like very much every day. I know, but <laughs> you don't need you don't need co-sponsors for legislation. And he's he was the chairman of a major committee. You don't need your bills to have hearings at his committee. So it's very difficult uh, to go against a colleague uh, like that. So I think that's part of it. I think because the Russian constituency is becoming so. Republican voting, they think their best seat, their best opportunity for turning that Brandon seat red is with a Russian candidate rather than an Italian candidate. Uh, the end, look, Ragusa does have other options. There's no reason he has to run in this district that you have this new district they're creating. Yeah. Uh, the Republican. Yeah, yeah. The Republican yeah. Asian district. He can yeah. run in the Republican Asian district or, you know, he has an Italian surname. He would certainly do very well if uh, he wanted to run in the uh, 50th council district, which is currently Currently represented by David Michael Carr. I don't know that he wants to run a primary against Carr, but uh, being having an Italian surname running in a district that's that Italian, yeah. he would do very well. So he could run in three different districts. All right, fair enough. And, I, just, I just got a text during this conversation from the aforementioned Thomas Sullivan, who again is involved in that Queens race with Stacey Pfeiffer Amato. Nepotism at its best. It's really tragic what they're trying to do to my longtime friend. I'm friends with the Sullivan family for 42 years. Tom literally texted me 30 seconds ago. And he said, Sid, we're going to win the appeal. We are not dead. We are still fighting. 
So believe me when I tell you, I wish Thomas Sullivan the best of luck. He's, a, he's not even a friend. He's a family member. But it is uh, pathetic what they're doing to him and Lester Chang, which you brought up on this show just last week, Frank. I mean, there are some real ugly things going on in local politics between Queens and Brooklyn. Yeah, and I think really the problem is uh, how judges are selected in this city. I mean, if you look at these ballots that the Board of Elections made a decision to include and not include, it wasn't a bunch of Republican appointees that made those decisions. It was made in a bipartisan manner, one Republican, one Democrat, making all these decisions. It was They were evenly, Democrat and Republican, bipartisan at the Board of Elections, and they determined, the bipartisan Board of Elections determined that these were ballots that shouldn't count. So if the Courts are going to come in here and say, oh, no, 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 forget about this bipartisan process that adheres to the rules that a Democratic state legislature put into place. It really does undermine the confidence that a lot of people have. You know, Donald Trump and a lot of his supporters love to talk about stolen elections, rigged elections. If they're able to count these ballots, which the bipartisan board said shouldn't be counted in Queens, and then in Brooklyn, actually keep the guy that won the election, Lester Chang, from being seated. I mean, that really does look like these elections are being stolen and that they're rigged. Let me ask you about Letitia James. Uh, Mm. We know much like the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg won. He won his Super Bowl yesterday. The fact that the Trump organization was found guilty on all 17 counts. He won his Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. The rest of his career, he's a happy man. Same thing with James. All she wants to do is take down Trump while crime remains a huge issue in this city. But now she may be in some trouble. One of her aides, a whole sex deal there. Supposedly she knew about it, did nothing about it. Do you think Letitia James will get into big trouble for this particular story? Well, she certainly should, right? I mean, this is the woman that was the tip of the spear against Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo had so many scandals. I mean, he was using government workers to write his book for him. He was had this huge cover-up of the nursing home deaths. But it was Letitia James's devastating report on sexual harassment that was kind of the final nail in the cross. Now, the fact that she sat on these allegations of sexual harassment until after the election about, and it's not just an aide. This is her chief of staff, Ibrahim Khan. Um, That is incredibly damning. So she knew of these complaints from two separate women as early as October 2nd. Now, I'm not one of these guys that says, believe all women, believe all women, because I've seen so many allegations of sexual harassment that turned out to be unfounded. But you know who is? But but you know who who is one of these believe all women people? Letitia James. She said so uh, when Andrew Cuomo had these allegations, she said so previously with other people like Brett Kavanaugh. And the fact that she knew about this as early as October 2nd and didn't come before the public and say, this is what we're doing, kept them under wraps as that November 8th election approached. And, you know, she was the only elected official not to debate her opponent. Now, she didn't even debate her a Republican opponent, Michael Henry, once. This could be a big part of the reason why. She was afraid this was going to come out before the election. I mean, it stinks. And I think maybe she didn't do anything wrong. Maybe she followed all the proper procedure. But I think the only way that we know that is if Governor Kathy Hochul appoints a special prosecutor. Will she do that? 
I, you know, I don't see how she avoids this. You've seen Democratic consultants like Hank Sheinkoff say this looks bad. At the very oh, least, wait, but this Kathy, gives- Hol- Kathy Hochul doesn't care what looks bad. Remember, she finally agreed to do just one debate with Lee Zeldin, like seconds before the election. She continues to spit in the face of New Yorkers worried about crime and safety. Kathy Hochul is not concerned about what looks bad as long as her she's making money and the Buffalo Bills are winning football games. So that's not a good enough reason for me, at least, to feel secure she's going to appoint a special well, counsel I don't feel uh, secure either, but she certainly she certainly should. Now, your friend Eric Adams has a long history with uh, Letitia James, and uh, I, I maybe he can get her to come on this show uh, because you would actually ask Letitia Hold James on. these key questions, like did right she now. protect did she protect Ibrahim Khan in any unethical way? How long was she aware okay. of so these down. allegations? Slow of down! Sexual I'm trying harassment? to text them. God, so, let me start here. <laughs> no, Can but seriously, how you long? Get me. Hold on, Letitia. I'm texting Eric Adams right now. Boom, Letitia James. Boom. And what was the second thing? Was how long was how long? she actually aware of this she? alleged oh, sexual harassment? Okay, uh, sexual uh, harassment. All right, I swear to God, text sent Mayor Eric at Adams. The ver- <laughs> at the very least, uh, she deprived voters of the information that they should have been entitled to before they cast their ballots in this race. What do you think about Trump? Sixty seconds. I know you're like Lou. You're not. You don't like Trump. You're not a big Trump no. guy. Well, I am a big Trump guy. No, I no, voted for no, him twice enthusiastically. No. I mean, while you were out there on the radio every day for Hillary Clinton, I, I was. was contributing to and working yeah, for uh, right. Donald Trump's election. Yeah, but that, that, was, a, that, that was 2016. I have since become one of Trump's biggest supporters. Right. And you, like I, Lou and Pete King and Bo Deedle, have gone the other way. Yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot of his behavior since the election has served to be more polarizing. I, I agree with uh, what uh, Philippe and uh, and Lou were saying that I wish he would emphasize more of his uh, policy accomplishments rather than get involved in all these uh, the, this this trivial stuff. But uh, you know, when it comes to the number one issue right now, which I think is avoiding nuclear war, you give me a choice between uh, Biden and Trump on this Ukraine deal. I, I would choose uh, I. Would choose Trump uh, any day of the week. There you go. But he's not my first choice. He's for, not your uh, first choice, though. Twenty twenty. No. Who's your first? I choice? would love uh, Tulsi Gabbard. I would love to see what? Tulsi Gabbard run as either Who? an independent or Republican. Or is any. that the hot Tulsi chick Gabbard. from Hawaii? Uh, the distinguished former congresswoman from Hawaii. She is absolutely my first. Is she choice. the hot chick from Hawaii? She is a very, very attractive woman. That's yeah. for sure. That's why you're voting for her. Uh, no, it's not why I'm, why I'm voting. <laughs> what has she done, because... Tulsi Gabbard, besides look good in a white suit on MSNBC? Well, look, I think she's demonstrated, first of all, <laughs> good luck, especially, to, especially to keep in mind on Pearl Harbor Day, yeah. uh, she uh, she serves in uh, the nation's military. She served honorably. She's yeah. uh, an officer in the military and uh, has actually served in the theater of battle. She, she, I think she has an understanding of foreign policy that is terrific. She doesn't engage in a lot of this uh, silliness, I'll call it. She's shown a willingness to be independent. Okay. She resigned as DNC vice chairman because she yes, couldn't she support Hillary. Clinton. No. No, no, she's, listen, my, I, she's my first choice. I would take her over Joe Biden also any day of the week, but I'm not sure she's my first choice. Let me think about it, though. You make a very compelling argument, as you always do, because you are brilliant. Your show is great, and you're just a super, super guy, and I love when you come on this show, too. So thank you so much, Frank, for these last 15 minutes. Have yourself a great Wednesday, buddy. I love you. Uh, thanks for having me, Sid. Congratulations again on the ratings. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. He never says I love you back, by the way, ever. 
Curtis Sliwa, <laughs> Bill O'Reilly's <laughs> morning message. <laughs> and Alan Dershowitz, live from Israel on the Donald Trump verdict yesterday. A very exciting 7 o'clock hour about to come your way. As Frank just said, not even me, the number one show in New York City, that is me. Sitting friends in the morning right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Avenue. You can't beat it. Curtis Sliwa doing the head bob right now. We'll get to Curtis momentarily. Want to come to WABC Studios and see Joe Piscopo perform live on Frank Sinatra's birthday? How about complimentary food and drinks with live music? Join the 77 WABC VIP Club by downloading the app or go to wabcradio.com slash VIP to join. It's the newest and most rewarding way to be part of the 77 WABC family every week. We're giving away prizes to our members. Prizes include live uh, live event experiences, celebrity meet and greets, signed memorabilia, concert tickets, and more. This week, once again, a lucky VIP member will be chosen to come to WABC Studios this Sunday, December the 11th, to see Joe Piscopo perform on Old Blue Eyes' birthday. There'll be food and drinks galore. All you have to do is sign up for 77 WABC's VIP Club by downloading the app or by going to www.wabcradio.com slash VIP Club. By signing up, you'll receive a special members-only newsletter and be automatically entered for a chance to win each week's reward. Join. The 77 WABC VIP Club today. Only on uh, this show, these um, these promos, they're longer than the Iliad. <laughs> you know, usually radio promos are like four or five sentences. <laughs> right, Curtis? It's like, it's, right. like, it's like the Odyssey. It's like Homer wrote these. Jeez. I just wasted two minutes of your, of your segment. Yeah, I'm you sorry. did that on purpose. There's no doubt about no, it. No, 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 no. Because you know no. I'm not a friend. I'm a foe. That's why the rename of the show should be Sid Rosenberg. And friends and one foe. That's me. Usually I'm on once a week, and I'm a foe. I kind of like that. You think you're the only foe, though? You think you're the only one? 
consistent. Yes, you want consistent. Because too many yeah. of them kiss your tuchus. As they should. They stroke you, you know, uh, they yes. say, oh, Sid, you're the best. Like that Frank Moran, oh, Sid, you're the best. And then he goes on. Well, hold on but, a second. He didn't say you're the best. He congratulated me on the ratings, which if I remember correctly, you did the same exact thing when they came out last Wednesday. Because yeah, I, I did I, kick I, ass. I did it first. Oh, remember, you did it first. I did it first, right. and right. I did it best. <laughs> Submit that shit. Yes, you did. And yes. by the way, I was really offended. I don't know who selected War by Bruce Springsteen. I did. Wow. You chose the white boy like he doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> that song is Edwin Starr. Wasn't Come it Gary U.S. Bonds? No, no, Motown. Edwin and, Starr. Yeah. That's right. And then he had 25 miles and then the best. You got to play this, man, if you can. Funky music showing up turns me on. <laughs> Man, that would be like, oh, man, that oh would be pumping God. and jumping. You really are Funky a Brooklyn guy. music, show enough, turns me on. I remember I was on the corner of Osborne and Hegeman in Brownsville. Never ran, never will. As a white boy, feet don't fail me now. And I would say, yo, Edward Starr, funky music, show enough, turns me on. And then they'd be saying, wow, that white boy knows his music. And then I'd be jetting. I'd be running towards Linden Boulevard and Canarsie before they turned me into speed bumps. <laughs> Got to move. And that oh, is oh, funny. Last, oh. Yeah. Disparaging the New York Daily News. Do you not realize in 1970, no. I was the Daily Newspaper Boy of the Year. 168 dailies, 182 on Sundays. I had a double hernia from that. Well, let me say this. Way back when, when I was growing up as a little kid in New yes, York, yes. I've always loved the New York Post because of the sports section. But when I was growing up, the New York Daily News, when you were winning these awards, Curtis, yes, yes. was a very good newspaper. Oh, yeah. oh, oh and when I delivered it. Back page, never before. <laughs> Forget that Mike Lupica. He's, he's a schmendrick. No, you no. had Dick Young oh, on Dick the Young, back the best, page. The you best. never had a columnist on the back page yep. because people wanted to read Dick Young. He said, I'm never going to call Muhammad Ali. To me, he'll always be Cassius Clay. Uh, he was great, and the newspaper was great. But unfortunately, Curtis, I hate to break the news to you. What? It's become a liberal rag. I wouldn't wipe my ass with the New York Daily News. And again... Very nice to include my friends, Mayor Eric Adams and Bo Deedle. But how do you not include the guy Hold that on. actually ran the interview on his show, me? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. If that had been Eric Adams' favorite morning show host, Charlemagne the God. Because <laughs> remember, your complexion is not your protection here, Sid. You're just a cracker. You're just You're another cracker. You are funny. If, it, if, if he had interviewed with Charlemagne the God, which he does all the time, and yeah. he tells him in the breakfast club, Oh, you guys, you homies, and my sisters... You're my favorite morning show. Then he comes on with you, and he he changes that voice. It becomes a little McWhitey-Whitey, you know, with you. Oh, shit, yeah. It's good. You're back in the fold. I got this cracker right where I want him. Come on, admit that shit. Of course not. I'm his favorite morning show host in New York City. I'm his favorite guy. He's not texting back and forth with Charlemagne the God every day. He's not asking Charlemagne the God his opinion on whether it's a homeless issue know? or crime. How do you he know? does that with me. He's cheating on I you. Because I talk to Charlemagne the God. He's cheating on you. I talk you. to everybody. Let me tell you something. Yeah. That's his gumada on the side, right? Charlemagne the God. In terms uh -oh. of morning show hosts. Right. In <laughs> yeah. You believe that? Is he going to take you home? Is he going to take you home and introduce you to his son and say, hey, you know, Sid is the number one morning yes, talk show. Yes, he will no, do that. He needs Charlemagne In the fact, uh, Eric Adams, his lovely uh, significant other Tracy, and me and Danielle are having dinner together next week. So, yes, I will be well, with... Uh, Tracy, oh, oh, oh. 
Well, I'm sorry? Where is she, Tracy? I saw her one time at the Met <laughs> well, when she he wore that stupid she, jacket saying all guns. Yeah, so she's not into uh, the whole public thing. She doesn't want the lights and the cameras. So she's there, and they're very yeah, much yeah, in you, love. You don't understand no, business. Right. Ubi's oh, in okay, it, yeah, Sid. Okay. Yeah, 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 He's got a son, uh-huh. a wannabe rapper, right, <laughs> yeah. competing in the Albanian version of <laughs> American Idol. The Albanian <laughs> Idol. I played that rap show. song on, on the air overnight, and people were, like, panning it. You remember Dick Clark, American Bandstand, pick it or pan it? Yes. They were panning it. Even the brothers and sisters from Don Cornelius's soul train would say, <laughs> that boy cannot rap. No wonder why he's over in Albania. And by the way, you know there's some whining, dining, and pocket lining going on here. I, I don't know anything. I, 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 and I don't know that at all. Why no. would he be competing in Albania? Because well, they invited him there. Why? Well, I mean, that's the first. We got, everybody always starts in Albania. It's a known thing. Everybody starts there. Oh, yeah. Simon yeah. Cowell can tell you that. Oh, please. <laughs> Did you see Simon Cowell? Another facelift, and his face will snap like an old oh, rubber Oh, my man. God. He looks terrible. You're right. He used to be cute with his white T-shirt, his nice hair, the whole thing, but... He does not look very I would good. use the term cute. I, I would know, use it's the term not very cute. manly. I'm more, but I'm, I'm, see, I'm more comfortable with my sexuality than you are. That's true. You're, because a metro, you're, you're no, probably a latent homosexual. No, no. You I'm sorry? and Eric Adams are right. metrosexuals. That's right. right. You like to preen yourself. <laughs> yeah. You like to look at yourself in the mirror. Oh, look at my Joseph Abood suit. While Eric Adams is saying, I got you better, man. Mine ain't off the rack, pal. No, no, no. $5,000. No, no, no. I got the tailor who used to tailor for <laughs> Pablo Escobar, the Medellin cartel. Comes in once a week, does five of my suits. Yo, you can't compete with that. Come on, Sid, admit that. No, he knows. We had dinner together, and he actually was pointing out. He said, my God, your clothes are beautiful. Also compliments my body, by the way. That's uh, all you're a fashionista, right? Yes. Yes, I am. You're, yes. you're begging him to yeah. become a runway model. He's <laughs> friendly with Oh, by the way, he was friendly with Kanye West there for a while. Remember he was, the fashion but, but not show? anymore. Not what about anymore. Kyrie? Yeah. What about yeah. Kyrie? Remember, he yeah, had, Kyrie doesn't yeah. need a fact. Well, listen, that happens, but he's not friends with those people anymore. How come you he's see, not mentoring he, them? He evolves, and he moves on I from but he always says, I like to mentor people. I like to mentor if, <laughs> yeah. if they've had criminal. How about this? Oh, wait a second. What about the homeless issue? I mean, you're a guy. This is a very serious note now. Yes. Curtis Sliwa never really takes enough credit for this. He's a very humble guy. But I've seen, me and Bernie, have seen Curtis Sliwa in Penn Station not only helping the homeless, but literally, this is unbelievable, feeding the homeless with his own hands. That's what a good soul Curtis Lee is. How can you not be happy, even if it is part pie in the sky, with Eric Adams removing these people from the streets of New York? A man like you, so so worried about the homeless, so sensitive to the homeless issue. At least he's trying to take these people off these cold streets. Initially, I was like a seal. I was applauding like you. <laughs> now so what happened? But now what? I just came up on the E-train, right? Yeah. I saw eight of them. Eight of them. Well, I mean, they're not gone yet, Curtis. Wait a little time. But Bill he, de Blasio let it happen for 10 years. I know that. But you understand, while he flew off to Catan, by the way, on whose time? His dime. Really? That's correct. He says his dime yes. on his time. That's right. And nobody should be asking any questions about his time. Well, especially right? not you. Well, wait a second. <laughs> Are you sure he paid for it? Could we 1, see some receipt? 1,000%. I saw the receipt. Oh, you did? No. Uh, uh, what was that? Brock Pierce's <laughs> private jet? The cryptocurrency Ponzi scammer? The Bitcoin bandit? 
the blockchain criminal, right? I don't even know if Eric Adams knows Brock Pierce. Yes, he does. He's been flown around by Brock, Brock Pierce uh, before. Do you have any proof of that? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Brock <laughs> Pierce admitted to it, and all of a sudden realized, Eric Adams admit to it? By the way, uh, yesterday, no. Eric no. Adams was there in civil court fighting a fine <laughs> right. because he didn't do rat mitigation on his own house at Lafayette Avenue. $300 fine. Why didn't he just pay the fine in Bitcoin? Since he's always promoting those those Bitcoin pirates, right? Pay it in Bitcoin. No, he's arguing it. He has city corporation council say, you know me, I hate rats. This is what I suggested. How about appointing, since he likes to give people a second chance, Sammy the Bull Gravano as the rat czar. Oh, that's the ultimate rat. Right. That he's, is beautiful. There's no bigger rat on two legs. How many people did he exterminate? At least 16 or more. And you know he'll go after those four-legged rats. But I believe he lives in Arizona now. He's out of Staten Island. I think he's in Arizona in some type of witness protection program, but he's the only guy that does a witness protection program on television. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I believe since you are in this this, this a sort of moment of idolatry for Eric Adams, yeah. you haven't done what Bo Dietl did. Bo Dietl put his lips on both of his Tuchus cheeks. What are you talking he about? Him great. No, you, you, you are not allowed to attack my dear friend Bo Dietl, who has sent me so many beautiful messages this morning, including, by the way, you're the best. You are not allowed to attack my friend Bo Dietl well, on well, this well, show. Did it's he, not going to happen. Uh, how are we going to extricate his lips from Eric well, what, Adams? What did he do? But what, what did Bo do? Oh, then? he's a, the greatest mayor of all time. He didn't he's say the great greatest. Mayor. He said great. He said great. Are you kidding? Great? Well, what did I say to you? I said, look, when it's all said and done, he's not great yet. When it's all said and done, I said Giuliani won. No one touches Rudy. Nobody. Giuliani won. Koch, two. And Mayor Adams, don't be surprised, ends up number three. What the hell happened to Bloomberg for those 12 oh, years with Ray Bloomberg. Kelly? Uh, Ray Kelly. Wait, wait, wait. F. Fine, I like Ray Kelly. Your old fine. friend Eric Adams said <laughs> yeah. at a banquet recently, yeah. you know, Michael Bloomberg, when I, when I look at you across the room, <laughs> I see Jesus walking across the gallery. Who said this? Your friend, Eric Adams. Well, maybe he had a couple of drinks before. Oh, he knows know. how to snore white people. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, you know, you said hey, because he's looking for Bloomy dollars. Yeah. You know that. By the way, how about you build a statue? Yeah, anybody else you want to take out before this yeah, thing yeah. is well, why did you? How did you build a statue to Eric Adams? No, I want to build a statue to myself. I believe okay. WABC should build a statue right, to uh, me. I'll tell you what. Right outside, like Ralph Cramden is the statue outside of yeah, the Port Authority. Me. That should be me. And we can watch the pigeons just assemble <laughs> on you and poop on you. And I won't clean the poop off. There's no way. But at City Hall, there should be a statue of Eric Adams next to Nathan Hale, right? I have but one life to give for my country. And on it, it should say, give me your tired, your poor, huddled gangsters looking to swindle, steal, lie, and grift. Come on in to City Hall. We're open for business. You are such a genius. Can I just say this to you, though? Maybe this will change your mind just a little. Yes. In a private conversation, which I'm about to make public, Folks, talking about uh, conversations, Lee Zeldin is going to make a major announcement exclusively with me coming up at 8.05 this morning in about an hour. Don't miss that. In a private conversation at a dinner table, I brought you up to the aforementioned Mayor Eric Adams. I said, you know, there's some nastiness back and forth. Curtis is obviously butthurt that you kicked his ass in the election. And now he finds uh, any excuse, kind of like Phil Mushnick and Mike Francesa, to beat you up every day. And he said, I got to tell you, man, I like Curtis. That guy, Guardian Angels, they care about this city. He cares about this city. He goes, him beat me up. I don't care. I like the guy. 
Really? Now, yes, I swear he really? said that. Does oh, that excuse me. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, during uh, the uh, campaign, did you not hear him call me a racist, well, a sexist, it was a misogynist, It was all in good fun. He's running for office, damn it. He's running for office. You got to get, You got to get over that stuff. It was in competition. Look, I'm Ted here. Ted Cruz likes Donald Trump now when he called his wife ugly. I understand that. I'm here. No. Please, don't, don't compare me to Ted Cruz, right? <laughs> Ted Cruz, I have a podcast, 50 million impressions, you schmuck, they're all bots. Can somebody tell them he's all bots? They're all bots, 50 million impressions. Anyway, let me warn you, though. Uh, Mayor Eric But By the way, clearly what Adam said to me about you, you don't care. You're not, uh, you don't care. You believe that? Not really. Come on. You're a cracker, man. He'll tell you anything. (laughs) Understand that. Remember he said, man, I kicked those crackers' asses in the police department. You think he's changed his mind about that? 100%. You are the definition of a saltine cracker. Now, do you want salt (laughs) on it or plain? And by the way, watch those two homeboys he hangs with, the twin brothers, the Petrosians. Don't go to that Osteria La Baia. The New York Times had a front page story. I can't believe you just mentioned that place. That's where we're going on Tuesday night. You can't go there. I'm on my way there. The U.S. Attorney of the Southern District, I'm telling you, on the hush, hush, mush, mush, they got every table wired like a Christmas tree. We got a table reserved for four Tuesday night at 730. God. You can't go there. I have to go there. The feds are going to be taking pictures (laughs) of you as you walk in. (laughs) You know, you'll be up in the witness stand. You'll have to be a hostile witness or you'll go to jail. You know, Eric Adams, oh, I'm going to. I'm the new face of the Democratic Party. I'm going to the White House. Oh, At the rate God. he's going, yeah. he's going to be going to the big house and chains and shackles. And you are going to have to become a confidential informant. We have to end it right here. I, I don't know how much better. Don't go to Asterio La Baia. Don't do it. <laughs> Tuesday night, 730, table number 36 to be exact. Go to a diner. <laughs> You've been to diners before. You know every diner in Brooklyn. They're no good anymore. The El Greco diner's out of business. King's Plaza diner's out of business. What the hell? I've seen you eating a BLT sandwich every day there. You are so Bacon, right. lettuce, and tomato. What kind well, of a give, Jew give, are you? Give me this on the way out. There was that one really good diner in Canarsie. Is that still there? What about the Vegas diner? Is that still in business? Oh, or? No, no, man. What it's, about the Arch? The Arch still in business? Well, what is... <laughs> when have you been back to Brooklyn? Oh, that's right. You went for dinner with Eric Adams. You wouldn't tell me what restaurant because you know everybody would have said guess who's coming to dinner <laughs> it's curtis sliwa i did invite you to that dinner at michael's yeah but you didn't tell me where you don't like the calamari oh you? i was running around <laughs> all over the place looking for you i said anybody see sit 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 you're a genius this is the best segment of the week i know o'reilly gets big ratings but i want sammy the bull gravano to become the new rat czar (laughs) the biggest rat to eat the parmesan cheese there he is folks the great curtis lewa 12 15 to 1 every weekday afternoon and of course every day every hour of every day on the weekends that folks that is a radio icon a legend a genius and i mean that from the very bottom of my heart Still to come this hour of Bill O'Reilly's morning message and live from Israel on Trump's latest problems, the big-time attorney Alan Dershowitz. And don't forget, coming up at 8.05, Lee Zeldin gives me an exclusive bit of news. Sitting friends in the morning on a Wednesday right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Great job, Kurt. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, it is party time at the White House this week as the Christmas season has kicked in. I attended a bunch of those soirees in the past, and they were highlights. 
The building itself, the White House, is magnificent, of course. Each room has a historical theme. Portraits of past presidents adorn the walls, and you stroll around imagining what took place. Food, top-notch, served buffet style. The challenge for all the men, do not get any sauce on your shirt. The White House kitchen is opened round the clock. Marine guards in their regalia all over the place. Christmas decorations meticulous. The presidents themselves appear to take pictures. Each guest has about two minutes with them. I brought my urchins a few times. Amazing experience. Presidents Bush, Obama, and Trump were all very gracious. I always got an equip, you know me, which they quickly returned. Michelle Obama was especially nice to my daughter. Despite a divided America, we remain at heart a good country, striving to get better, I hope. It is the Christmas season. We should be kinder to each other the next month or so. And those White House parties are a good symbol of that. I will never forget my good fortune at attending those parties. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. I asked for a Christmas song, you son of a... You had three minutes sitting there looking at your stupid... Well, I just looked at it, but... I do like this song. This is uh, ELO, right? But it's not a damn Christmas song. Where is Merry Christmas, Darling, by the Carpenters? Oh, thanks. Have all been sent. The Christmas rushes through. But I still have one wish to make. How did you do that? A special yeah, just thank Justin. It had nothing to no, do No, but you just hit one button. Yeah, that's what the board is. It's a bunch of buttons. Nice job, Lou. Why have I worked for 36 years yeah. with absolute psychopaths? Name two. Name two. Oh, okay. You. Right. And somebody I worked with for almost <laughs> I'll let you figure that out. All right, stop talking, Phil. I want to hear the song. Make the song louder. Sorry, my bad. I'll stop talking right now. I don't want to interrupt the song by talking, so I will not talk through it. My bad. Merry Christmas. Sorry about that. Merry Christmas. Love yellow. Bill O'Reilly just talked about Christmas. You know, the holidays are here, folks. It's time to help make a difference. Join us here at 77 WABC on Thursday, December the 15th from 6 a.m. until noon as we team up with the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for our annual holiday radiothon. I'll be working 
all six hours that day, and I actually can't wait to do it. Listen and help raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation's Season of Hope with me, Sid Rosenberg. All the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first responder heroes and their families this holiday season. Don't wait to donate, folks. Go right now to wabcradio.com slash donate. Spread the holiday spirit with 77 WABC and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on Thursday, December the 15th, starting with me, Sid Rosenberg. At 6 a.m. Can't do enough for Frank Siller and those folks. Off that magnificent Friday night, a couple nights ago, Marriott Marquis honoring two really great people, John and Margot Katsimatidis. And, well, I'm so happy to do this for these people coming up on December the 15th. And hopefully you folks, I know Christmas is tough. Hanukkah, too. I know what... um, it's a drain on the pocketbook, but hopefully you can find it in your hearts and in your bank accounts to help out these uh, these military folks. So um, congratulations to Frank Siller, Tunnel to Towers, and WABC on our very first annual Tunnel to Towers Radiothon. I've got audio I must play today from Spike Lee. Spike Lee, who is a great, great movie producer, director, whatever he is. He's great. His movie, 25th Hour, which starred Edward Norton. Oh, that's a great movie. Right, Lou? That is a great movie. Unbelievable movie. Oh, my God. It was him. It was Rosaria Dawson, Barry Pepper, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Just an unbelievable movie. And, of course, I'm going to get you Sucker, Danny Aiello, all that great stuff. I'm going to get you Sucker. It was a great movie. (laughs) Great. I was thinking of using that as a joke. No, I mean, the, the guy does do great movies, but he's a racist with a capital R, they don't come worse than Spike Lee. You could be both. You could be great at what you do and a racist, or you could be lousy at what you do, Errol Lewis, Joy Reid, Stacey Abrams, and still be a racist. Spike Lee happens to be great at what he does, but he's a racist. And he ended up in Georgia yesterday speaking on behalf of Warnock in his victory over Herschel Walker. We'll get to that. Alan Dershowitz, Lee Zeldin's major announcement, and Congressman Peter King, all about to come your way, plus traffic and sports. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. song Elvis Costello every day I write the book special thanks to both Frank Morano and Curtis Sliwa already great this morning coming up once again at 805 exclusively right here with me Sid Rosenberg Lee Zeldin who just ran that courageous race against Kathy Hochul will tell you what he plans on doing RNC chair or not 
I get the exclusive right here on WABC coming up at 8.05. And then Congressman Peter King will join us at 8.40. But one of the major stories yesterday, besides Warnock beating Walker in Georgia, besides Aaron Judge being offered $360 million by the Giants, and of course today being the 81st anniversary of Pearl Harbor, had the Donald Trump organization found guilty of all 17 counts of fraud and all kinds of nasty business dealings. But I'm not a lawyer. I tend to give Donald Trump the benefit of the doubt. So I'm watching David Muir last night on ABC World News tonight. He's in a frenzy. Oh, my God, look at this. And to me, it was one big nothing burger. But again, I'm not a lawyer. So I need somebody who's really smart, who knows the law, to tell me and my audience whether or not this guilty verdict yesterday is a big deal or not. And who did I think of? The great Alan Dershowitz, live from Israel, I believe, right now, my friend, the brilliant Alan Dershowitz. Good morning, Alan. Well, thank you so much. And I am in Israel, where what happened to the Trump organization is, of course, being attempted at uh, my friend, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, the designate of Israel. They're after him. They're uh, indicting him on charges that make no sense at all, accepting some cigars and champagne from friends and trying to get good coverage uh, from a newspaper, something all politicians do. Mm. It shows you what happens when you weaponize the justice system in order to achieve political results against targets, whether they be the Donald Trump or Benjamin uh, Netanyahu. I'm not comparing the cases. Every case is different. But when the attorney general of New York runs for office on the campaign pledge to get Trump, you really have to distrust what's going on. It, you know, it reminds me there's no comparison, obviously, to to the Soviet Union. But uh, Lavrenti Beria, the head of the notorious KGB, once said, Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on with Trump. I don't support Trump. I want to vote against him if he runs again. I voted against him twice. I did defend him in front of the Senate. I don't support his January 6th speech. I don't know very much about his business dealings. I do know that he's being targeted, and therefore the presumption of innocence should continue to apply, certainly until after. But, 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 but let me stop you for a second. I agree, and, and I am a Trump supporter, and I did vote for him last time, and I will vote for him again. And I agree that he's being targeted, whether it's you know by the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg or on a bigger level, the AG Letitian James. But can it be both? Alan, can it be that he is yeah. being targeted, but he is, in fact, guilty? Yeah, of course. And that does happen from time to time. Look, Al Capone was targeted and was obviously guilty. They tried to find the crime on him. But, you know, he was the head of the mob and a, a mass murderer. Here we're talking about a man who's going to run for president of the United States. For me, in order to prosecute somebody who's going to be running for president against your boss, now I'm turning to the federal authorities, it has to pass two tests. I call them the Nixon test and the Clinton test. The reason Nixon left office is because not that, that the Democrats were going after him, but his own party was going after him. That hasn't happened here. Second is the Clinton standard. Did he do things that are considerably worse that uh, Hillary Clinton did not get indicted for? And those two standards have to be met if he's to be prosecuted. Now, these are mostly civil lawsuits. This has a fine, uh, a fine, which is not going to have a big impact. But there is an investigation. Now the 9-11, I'm sorry, the uh, January 6th committee 
says they're going to make criminal referrals to the Justice Department. You know what I think the Justice Department ought to do to those criminal referrals from the January 6th committee? They should have a special file, circular in nature, called a garbage pail. And they should put those <laughs> referrals in the garbage pail. Yep. The committee has no credibility whatsoever. It consisted only of get Trump people, anti-Trump people. There was no opportunity to present a different point of view, a different narrative, or cross-examine. That's not the American way. That's not due process. 100 percent true. None of his people could speak that day. But on a larger scale, though, right, you talk about him being found guilty. He wasn't even named in this suit, by the way. This is all about that weaselberg, that weasel. Uh, but, yes, Letitia James is going after Donald Trump individually. My question to you is cumulatively here, right? You got the January 6th stuff. Now his organization is found guilty. Letitia James is after him. The Mar-a-Lago stuff is still out there. He wants to maybe rip up the Constitution. He's dining with people like Kanye West. When you all and when you add all these things up, Alan Dershowitz, it doesn't look all that pretty. No, it doesn't. Certainly not for Kanye West. Look, I take him at his word that he didn't know who Fuentes was. I don't care about Fuentes. He knows who Kanye West is. He certainly knew who Kanye West was. By the way, I have a podcast called The Dirt Show, and I get emails and letters uh, from my listeners. Hundreds of them said, oh, Trump was right to have uh, dinner with Kanye West. Kanye West is right. The Jews control the world. The Jews do this. The Jews do that. You know, Kanye West has a lot of followers. And President Trump legitimated him to his followers by inviting him to dinner. And Trump has not had the guts yet to stand up and admit he was wrong and directly confront Yee and say, look, you're a bigot. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Um, And I wish he would do that. And so he hasn't done that yet. And then the other day saying that uh, the Constitution doesn't apply if there were um, uh, fraudulent elements in the election. Look, I agree with Trump that – The Twitter decision not to carry the New York Post story about Hunter Biden, if it was influenced by any government agency, was improper. But that doesn't uh, in any way justify uh, undoing the Constitution. He's going to be president. If he's going to be president, the first act of office will be to swear to uphold the Constitution. And, And he has now said he thinks the Constitution doesn't have to be upheld if there's a uh, fraud in an election. He's wrong. Well, let me defend him, though, now for a second, because I do both. I bring him, yeah. I bring up what he does wrong, and I defend him, which I think is the fairest way sure. to do this. Um, he's I not do. an anti-Semite. He's anything but. Of course not. You oh, and his, right. Not. He, he has been the best president to Israel by a distance, by a distance, maybe ever. Uh, secondly, I don't really think he meant rip up the Constitution. He's just frustrated by what happened. So in his case, his words, not his actions all the time, his words come back and haunt him. Is there any way he'll understand that, maybe allow somebody to help him out before he really sabotages his whole run? I completely agree with you. I don't think he meant that the Constitution should be uh, undermined, and he was angry. And the reason he had dinner with Kanye West is Kanye West had said nice things about him on, on, on Fox News. Uh, uh, he's an impulsive guy. And that sometimes is a positive, sometimes is a negative. In the last few weeks, it's been a very distinctive negative. And I would hope he would have somebody he could turn to and and vet what he says before he he says it. No, his spontaneity helped him, obviously, on Twitter. But, his uh, you know, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. And if you uh, keep saying things just impulsively like that, uh, people remember the bad stuff, not the good stuff. 
2016, it worked for him. I'm not sure what's going to work now, seven years later, eight years later. Alan Dershowitz, live in Israel this morning. So getting back to the major story, once again, his organization found guilty of fraud, other charges, guilty, in fact, on all 17 counts. What does this mean moving forward for Trump as the businessman and Trump as the politician? Well, I think it diminishes his um, chances of of becoming reelected. I think, you know, although it's a long time from now and people will forget, I don't know what it does onto his business. I'm not a business lawyer, but it it doesn't it doesn't help him. Um, But it's not a mortal wound. Uh, It's something he can recover from. He's had this amazing ability um, to recover from um, things that he said, things that he's done that interview about women back in the time with his insulting comments about a person, a journalist who was disabled, his statements about um, uh, Senator McCain. Everybody thought he was done when he made those statements, that he became uh, president and, and, and did a good job on a lot of issues. Look, uh, you're right on Israel and the Abraham Accords. Uh, I played a small role in some of those issues involving the Middle East. Uh, I can tell you from personal knowledge that he played a very important role in bringing about the Abraham Accords, along with Jared Kushner and Avi Berkowitz and others. Um, It's one of the great achievements in the Middle East. It really was an amazing job there, like you said, by Trump and his family. And talking about Jared Kushner, seems like him and his favorite child, his daughter Ivanka, really distancing themselves from Trump during this latest run. And now I'm reading in the New York Post today that Jared and Ivanka may be having issues. But going back to this guy, uh, Alan Weaselberg, the guy that really is the one that they indicted yesterday, basically in this Trump organization fraud scheme. Trump claims he knows nothing about all the things that he did there. But there are checks signed by Donald Trump made out to the school that Weaselberg's kids went to. There's uh, memos signed by Donald Trump that talked about a vacation, I guess. Do you find it hard to believe that a guy like Donald Trump had no idea of what Weaselberg was doing inside his own organization? Because I do. Well, it's hard to believe that he didn't know anything. Uh, I don't know whether he's a micromanager or a macromanager signing checks just is legal responsibility, but right. it doesn't necessarily mean, look, I sign my income tax returns every year. Right. They're a foot high. I've, you know, I haven't read them in 10 years, uh, but I'm responsible for what's in them. And he, if he signed something, is responsible for, obviously, um, what he signed for. So, you know, this is not a good thing for Donald Trump. But as I said, I don't think it's a mortal wound because he had, he's had this amazing ability to survive even worse. Let's talk about Letitia James. Uh, She is on a collision course to ruin him like Alvin Bragg and others. This goes back to, once again, defending Donald Trump. And uh, now she's part of a major controversy where she knew all about her chief of staff having a sexual issue with somebody and hit it, did not talk about it, ran her election, beat Michael Henry. Now it's coming out after the win. What do you think this means for Letitia James? Well, first of all, everybody accused of any kind of a sexual offense should be presumed innocent. Look what happened to me for eight years. Um, I was accused, and then just the other day, the woman suddenly said, whoops, uh, I may have made a mistake and misidentified him for somebody else after eight years. Um, By the so, way, you you hired your, your, your choice of attorney, Arthur Idala, was a genius hire, I must tell you. <laughs> well, it doesn't take a genius to hire Arthur Idala. Everybody should hire Arthur Idala. He's absolutely amazing, yeah. and he did a great job on this. But, you know, the facts are the facts. And um, uh, she was courageous in finally coming forward and admitting 
that she may have uh, uh, made a mistake. And I, I, I wish her well. Let her go on with her life. Let me go on with my life. Most importantly, let my family get on with their life. They were the real victims of this false accusation. So obviously I'm sensitive to false accusations. Nobody should believe anybody without evidence. That's the general rule and the presumption of innocence and should apply to the person in Letitia James's office as well. You're in uh, Israel. You mentioned Bibi Netanyahu at the very top of this great conversation, Alan. I've always loved Bibi. Bibi loved Trump, obviously. Not a big fan of Barack Obama or the guy in office right now, Joe Biden. But uh, beyond that, above and beyond that, I thought Bibi did a tremendous job in Israel. And me personally, I'm happy he's back in that role. What about well, I you? I met with him. I met with him the other day. He took time out of his very busy schedule uh, trying to put a government together to meet with me for an hour. And uh, as you know, he is a supporter of Trump, but he was very critical of Trump's inviting um, Kanye West to dinner. And he he stated it publicly. Look, Bibi Netanyahu is a a great man, and I'm going to continue to support Israel. I disagree with some of his policies and some of the policies of his government. Uh, I've met all the uh, leaders past and present in Israel on this trip. I try to do this every year or so to renew my acquaintanceship with all the Israeli leaders on both sides. I don't take sides. Politically, in Israel, I just support Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people. So to wrap this conversation up, you think that this is not good for Trump, his organization found guilty of fraud, but you also think it's not the death wound just yet. But is it fair to say, and don't let me put words in your mouth, Alan, is it fair to say that cumulatively all these things, not a good thing for Donald Trump? I think it's fair to say that the last month has not been a good month for Donald Trump and that he can make it better by being careful about what he says, careful about who he invites uh, to dinner and 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 be more apologetic. I think one of Trump's biggest problems, and apparently he got it from Roy Cohn, is never say you're sorry. No, I don't think that's the right approach. If you've done something wrong, if you've made a mistake, uh, he didn't know who Fuentes was. He apologized for that. He did know who Kanye West was. He should apologize for that as well. A big person apologizes and admits they're wrong. What a spectacular conversation. Uh, when are you coming home? In about a week. Nice. How's the weather there? Oh, it's fantastic. No. I've been walking five miles a day through oh, Jerusalem. That's it's awesome. one of the most beautiful cities on the face of the earth. I just love it. I go back to neighborhoods that I've been in. Um, I go to, you know, I, I'm not a tourist in Israel. I, it's it's my second home, basically. I've been here every year for the last 50 or so years, and I'm planning to come back for Israel's 75th anniversary. No country in the history of the world during its first 75 years has ever done more for humankind than Israel. And the world should appreciate it medically, scientifically, agriculturally, technologically. It's an amazing, amazing place. And it does so much good for the world. Well, you enjoy it, Alan Dershowitz. Thank you so much for calling me from Israel today. Really, it was a very enlightening conversation. You know I love you. Enjoy Israel. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye. All right, pal. Alan Dershowitz, live from Jerusalem breaking down the Donald Trump saga. Lots more to do this hour, folks. Lee Zeldin about to give me the exclusive RNC chair, yes or no. You're going to find out right here first, me and Lee Zeldin. Lydia Reports and Pete King all coming up this hour. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC.
I guess they found that guy that shot the BB gun at those uh, two Jewish people, the father and son, on Staten Island. I just saw Vito Fosella, my friend, the Staten Island Borough President. They must have found him. Excellent uh, conversations already this morning with Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, and again, live from Jerusalem, Alan Dershowitz on Donald Trump. Really much, uh, this, uh, this whole thing, the Trump Organization, a nothing burger. But when you add up all the things going on with Trump over the last month, it has not been a good month for Donald Trump. But my next guest comes off one of the most courageous and best races I've ever seen. In my 56 years of God is Good to Me in April, this guy put on a race that was so spectacular that with the odds completely against him and the numbers completely against him, he very nearly won the gubernatorial race over evil Kathy Hochul, and now everybody wants him. But the question is, what will my friend Lee Zeldin do next? He's been on this show talking about the RNC chair. Other suggestions, recommendations have been made. What will Lee Zeldin do next? Well, I've got the exclusive right here, right now. Here he is, my man, the great Lee Zeldin. Lee, good morning, buddy. How are you? I'm always happy to be with you, Sid. Good morning. Good morning to you. I feel the same way. The feeling is mutual. So uh, I guess we should start right off the bat. Make the announcement right here, right now. The next RNC chair is Lee Zeldin. I am. I'm actually not going to be getting into this RNC chair race. Uh, you know, we've we've spent the last few weeks making calls, and I'll tell you what, Sid. Uh, it, it seems like this thing is pre-baked, uh, predetermined that if uh, the current chair runs for a, a fourth term, that it's basically all set by design. What? And that's not good. I mean, you saw what happened yesterday in Georgia. And, uh, and you know, uh, once again, here you have another Georgia runoff. You add to it the results in 2018 and 2020, 2022, all very underwhelming performances. So what I am calling on with this current chair uh, the RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, that she should not be running for a fourth term. It's time to step aside and to allow new leadership to run. This isn't about whether or not she can get the votes to get reelected. She can. It's pre-baked. But the question is, should she run again? And I believe strongly that the answer is no. It's time for the, R- for the Republican Party, for the RNC uh, to move forward. But as of right now, she's saying she's going to run again. I've spoken to a lot of the voting members of the RNC. There's 168 RNC members from 50 states and six territories. And too many of them just seem to be okay with the status quo. They seem to be okay with um, with the way things are heading. And there's a much bigger debate here in the Republican Party that needs to be had in the coming weeks, and I think it is time for a new direction. I am shocked. I, I really thought, Lee, I'm, I swear to you, I really thought you were coming on to say you're going to be the next RNC chair, and now you deliver us this, that Ronna McDaniel is basically, it's already the fix is in, that she's going to win again no matter what. You're saying pre-baked. I have to ask you this. I have to. 
pre-baked by who? Names? Who is it? So it, basically the process is by design. You have 168 RNC members. And Sid, we've always had a, a relationship, right? I'm just shooting straight. Yes. So what, what happened a few weeks ago, coming off of the election, I said that I would seriously consider running. And then uh, I started calling these RNC members. Every single state has three, a state chairman, a committee man, and a committee woman, 50 states, six territories. Now, by the way, there are a bunch of members who I've come across who are exceptional. They care about the grassroots. They care about winning and losing. Their head was in the right place. If we got into the race, they'd be all in out of the gate. But that's not the majority. Wow. I mean, are you disappointed? Are you angry? What is the emotion right now? Because you are a straight shooter with me, and that's why people love you. What is the emotion right now? I'm sure you feel a bunch. But what's the emotion right now you feel the strongest? Well, the the emotion has been about the direction of the party and the country and the desire for growth. I, I feel very strongly that, you know, that there's a lot that the, the Republican Party needs to uh, do in order to retool and transform for these very important 2024 elections. And, you know, Joe Biden might be running for a second term. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, you have one-party rule right now at uh, in, in Albany. We're seeing it. We've seen the consequences of one-party rule down in Washington D.C. Uh, we've we've had it really at every level, even in you know New York City as well. Uh, and there are people who, you know, some respects, you might call them ticket splitters. Some year they might vote Republican, others Democrat. But I got to tell you, we're coming off a campaign where a whole lot of people came up to me and said that they were a Democrat. They've always voted Democrat. But this year they were going to vote for us. This year they were going to vote Republican. And I think what's very important in looking at what happened in New York, because somehow with one party rule in Washington, uh, when it was supposed to be a red wave nationally, it really wasn't. But in New York, a red wave hit. Why was that? It was because we weren't just communicating what we were against. There's a lot that's wrong with Kathy Hochul's policies and one-party Democrat rule. But when Sid and Lee are, are on air talking about the issues of the day, it's not just about what's wrong. It's about what our ideas are to fix it. You're concerned about crime on, on the streets? Well, maybe we should be rolling back pro-criminal laws like Cashless Bail and firing weak DAs like Alvin Bragg and supporting our men and women in law enforcement, and here's how. You want to, you know, we could come on air and talk about what's wrong with the quality of education in our schools, but we're going to come and bring ideas on how to make that quality of education even better. Uh, so we were coming with those ideas nationally. It's important that if you want to see a red wave, that first off, no one can be jumping on a board and just trying to ride a wave in. Instead, you have to be working hard until the polls close and telling people not just what you're against, but what you're for. We also have to get better with fundraising and the efficiency of how money is spent. We need to lean into election laws. I don't support ballot harvesting. In some states, they've legalized it. Republicans then would need to do it better than Democrats. Uh, from... The, the, the standpoint of organization and collaboration, grassroots, there's just so much more that can get done uh, to ensure that we're best retooled for 2024. And what I'll tell you is this, 
I'm fully committed to doing absolutely everything in my power to, to help. Uh, I, I am in this not for a title. I'm not in it for pay. But, you know, this whole time I would have, you know, th- there was more money to be made, quite yeah. honestly, if I wasn't in government. Public no, that's service, true. Yep. It, it's a sacrifice yep. to try to make your community, your state, your country better. And regardless of whatever is ahead, and there's many more conversations between Sid and Lee, and, and causes and fights that, uh, you know, that are ahead of us to be able to make our country better. And I'm all in to do my part like I know you are. Oh, thank you for that. And I know you are, Leah. I will say this in terms of uh, this being pre-baked and Ronna McDaniel basically guaranteed a win, even if you're running against her, which I find hard to believe. Uh, she was handpicked by Donald Trump. Now, I commend you because just last week you put out a statement on Twitter where you condemned Kanye West. And by the way, when you did that, you kind of condemned Donald Trump because he willingly had Kanye West sit at his table. Forget about Fuentes, Kanye West. So being that Trump picked McDaniel, and last week you were public about your sentiment about the whole West dinner with Donald Trump, is it possible that Donald Trump is in your way with this? Is that possible? No. No, not, not that. that's not uh, the case at all. I mean, I actually I spoke... Uh, to President Trump as I was considering whether or not to run, and uh, I, and I didn't feel that way at all. Um, I will tell you that as far as the RNC membership goes, most members are new uh, since the 2016 presidential election. There are a lot of RNC members who um, are strong supporters of President Trump. There are other members uh, who aren't. Um, but as I've gone through this process of deciding whether or not to run, uh, it, it's just more a design that like, – let me put it this way. As a member of the House of Representatives, I'm a member I'm, – I'm one of 435. If a constituent reaches out to me, that's really important. My mentality is, well, your voice doesn't matter because you're not a member of the 435. But as it relates to the 168. Uh, there are people who are on the membership of the 168 where if you were to tell them, like, listen, the grassroots is apoplectic. They're frustrated. Uh, they're discouraged. They want new leadership. Uh, you know, here's all the things they want to see us do better. There are some people there who I spoke to who had the attitude, well, they're not a member of the 168. But you're you're there to represent the Republican Party, and there are tens of millions of Republicans who are not happy with the status quo. So listen, we're going to have to have this conversation. It's going to have to come to a head right now. Uh, And and I believe that uh, what this whole conversation is about should not be whether or not the current chair is capable of putting together the votes. I'm telling you, after all my calls, the thing is predetermined. But what this should be about is whether or not she should even be running in the first place. And I say no. You say no. All right, 60 seconds to go then. It's predetermined. So you're saying she's going to win. But you clearly have put all your— If she goes forward. If she goes forward, right. But you've clearly put all your eggs in one basket. You want this position. You're the right person for the position. As a Republican, I want you for the position. But you're making it sound like it's going to be virtually impossible if she decides to stay. So in 30 seconds or less, Lee Zeldin, with all this said, what you just said for the last 13 minutes, it's great stuff. Will you be the next RNC chair? 
as of right now, she's she's running again. So will you answer, be? Forget about right now. Will, no. When it's all said and done, will you be the RNC chair? Uh, no. I mean, no. Okay. My, my take right now is that she's she's running again uh, and that she will continue to serve as RNC chair. But we'll see because, you know, the public needs to speak out. She needs a decision to make as far as a, a reflection on what's going on. And I believe that she should you know, change her mind and decide that she's not going to go forward with this run. That would change the dynamics uh, of of the race. But as far as putting all my eggs in one basket, I'll tell you, you know, Sid, I, I, uh, I people reached out to me and asked for me to consider it. And the way I work, I, I made a whole lot of calls. I did my due diligence to figure out, okay, how's the process work? Where's people at? You know, what would the strategy be? But you know, there's plenty of, of ways to make max impact in our lives. I'm 42 uh, years old myself. I, I have a feeling that Sid and Lee are going to have a lot of conversations on a lot of important causes for many years to come. Uh, there's a country to go save, and there are many ways to be able to help do our part. Well said. Listen, I love you. I, I think the world of you. I really do. As a person and a politician, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for coming on this morning. Thank you for the honesty. Thank you for the latest on you. And like you said, a lot more discussions with Lee and Sid coming up, and I can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much, Lee Zeldin. You're the man. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Lee Zeldin. There you heard it. It's already pre-baked. Wow. I mean, Deb Valentine, that is shocking shocking that was the last thing i thought i'd hear at 805 this morning from lee zeldin the last thing no you, Lou? you tried though you kept pushing it. i know you i kept, tried okay that's my favorite part about you okay no never mind that yes or no are you going to jump off this bridge oh my god lee zeldin folks as of right now will not be the next rnc chair stay tuned lou dobbs business report lydia reports and Congressman Pete King, all to come this hour on the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. That's me, sitting friends in the morning right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street stock sell-off extended yesterday. The Dow Jones Industrials down another 350 points. The S&P now riding a four-day losing streak. Investors fear the Fed's rate hike campaign will tip the economy into recession. Netflix forecasts revenue to recover in 2023 after launching the five most-watched shows in Netflix history. Massive subscriber losses in the first two quarters hurt the stock, now down 48%. Apple pushing back its ambitious rollout of self-driving cars the company now says 2026 is a reasonable launch date as opposed to early 2025. Apple's new concept will be less autonomous, including a steering wheel and pedals. Apple stock down more than 2% after the announcement. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. 
is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. This report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. Imagine 300 people dying every single day in the United States from the same thing, and it could be prevented. That's exactly what's happening in our country due to fentanyl and President Biden's open border policy. So you'd think with Biden visiting Arizona, he'd go to the border to see the crisis firsthand. Yet here's what he told reporters when asked. There's a more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. More important things. The southern border experienced a record-breaking number of 2.3 million migrant encounters in 2022 alone. It still boggles my mind how national security has now become a right and left issue rather than simply the right thing to do. And what better way to get together with friends and family this holiday season than at the Seafire Grill in Midtown Manhattan where they have the freshest seafood, the best service, also perfect for intimate dinner parties. Check it out, thecfiregrill.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Circus is back, folks, for its 45th anniversary season. The Big Apple Circus, starring Nick Walenda, invites you to experience the excitement of its dazzling and newest extravaganza, Dream Big. Join us under the Big Top at Lincoln Center for astonishing wonders and daring acrobatics set imagination soaring to the most astounding or inspiring heights. Get ready for some fantastical performances from King of the High Wire, Nick Walenda, comic daredevil Johnny Rocket, the Kiraku Brothers, aerialist Alan Silva, trapeze artist Ellie Huber, juggling master Gina Cristiani, Veronica, and her talented dogs, and more. Be calling number seven right now at 1-800-848-WABC. You win a family four-pack to the Big Apple Circus. That's 1-800-848-9222. Be calling number seven right now. It's a great holiday attraction. It's a family four-pack to the Big Apple Circus, and it could be yours. What a show already today, Frank Morano, Curtis Sliwa, Alan Dershowitz live from Israel on the Trump fraud guilty verdict yesterday. And moments ago, Lee Zeldin saying, I wanted to be RNC chair, but basically the fix is in. It's already pre-baked. If she wants to keep it, Ronna McDaniel will keep it. And there's basically nothing I can do. I think that's big news, uh, Norman Deb. But I've got bigger news. Uh, This was the biggest news of the day, if you ask me, because I am a sports guy by nature. This is huge breaking news 
Hey, Lou Rafino, do you have that uh, sounder, the breaking news sounder? Let's get that. This is worthy of that. This is huge breaking news. Huge. Huge. Yes. Okay, you're, you're good. Play it. Breaking news. WABC. All right, here we go, folks. The back page of today's New York Post. Judge has gigantic offer from San Francisco, but will it make him shed his pinstripes? The $360 million question has been answered moments ago. A guy that I know very well and trust, a great baseball guy, Ken Rosenthal, on his Twitter tweets this. Source confirms Aaron Judge will take a nine-year $360 million contract, same number, not from the Giants, but officially Aaron Judge remains a New York Yankee. Yes, source confirms Aaron Judge in agreement with nine, with the Yankees, nine years, $360 million. Justin Ellick convulsed. Yeah, yeah, quick, quick thing, it's not official, it's pending a physical. Pending the physical. Pending, yeah, the physical. okay, he's physically yes. unfit. Okay, it's, gotcha. It, I guess John I just got to throw out the asterisk. All right. So, well, you must be happy. I'm ecstatic. You are, right? Yeah. I honestly thought Phil was screwing with me because uh, over the past 24 hours, I've no, had I know. Me too. Justin walked heart out. attack after heart yeah, attack. Yeah, I made him actually print out the tweet from Rosenthal yeah. just to make sure. Yeah, Justin yeah. was walking up the hallway, and I told him he's staying. He's like, it's not funny anymore. This I mean, look, funny. <laughs> at the end of the and day. I, sh- I showed him the tweet, and he, just, he, he sl- it's like a psychopath. He <laughs> had a gigantic smile. At the, the end of the day, the, the he's running. The, what do they got? The guy hit a record 62 home runs this year. He literally by himself kept the Yankees alive for months because there's six guys in that team that couldn't hit the ball at all, from Falepa to Hicks to all these losers. This, was the, this guy's become the face not just of the Yankees but Major League Baseball. I mean, you can't afford this. It's not like you have, you know, uh, Greg Nettles and Thurman Munson and Reggie Jackson. You got like nine guys. You got one guy. Yeah. I mean, Stanton's still a nice player. Don't get me wrong when he's healthy. But you got one guy, one, and that's Aaron Judge. So the Yankees really had no choice. There's no choice here. Well, there's a step two to this whole process. What was that? Naming him captain, probably. That's fine. That's fine. Like years ago, the Yankees decided not to bring back Robbie Cano, and they brought in Jacoby Ellsbury and the rest of these guys. Turned out to be uh, a mistake because Cano had some big years in Seattle, and the Yankees didn't win. But this is not the same situation. This was There was no choice, zero choice for the Yankees. So Judge, if he was smart, would have called San Francisco and said, hey, Put 360 out there. The Yankees will match it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to probably sure happen. Yeah. I'm sure so, he did. Sure that's did probably what it's he good. did. Yeah, yeah. Probably it's did. good business. That's hey, make of money. course it's good business. You have leverage. Absolutely. Call the Dodgers. Call the Giants. Call everyone. Who's How much money are you going to give me? Right. Do me a hey, favor. Yankees. Call the Angels. The Angels will give you 350. And uh, the Yankees had no choice. They had to match it. So congratulations. Peter King is uh, set to join me next. The great congressman. He's on every Wednesday at this time. And he has a very emotional morning coming up. He's attending the funeral mass for his friend Joe Ingino. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Could be Ingino. Joe Ingino. And he's also giving the eulogy at 9.30 a.m. this morning. So an emotional morning for Pete King, who was set to join us next. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
want to send a quick shout-out to uh, Dave Fitchick. Dave Fitchick, one of the great detectives at the 100th Precinct in Rockaway. I love all those guys. I love cops everywhere. No one loves cops more than me, nobody. But uh, those guys specifically, I get to see those guys in the neighborhood now. And good folks, the 100th Precinct, uh, our precinct there, Lewis, in Rockaway, Dave Fitchick, one of their uh, top detectives. They listen to this show every morning. They never miss it, never miss it. Thank you, Dave. And uh, now Baker Mayfield. He won the Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma, came into the NFL, was going to be this uh, next great quarterback, and now he's on his third team in two years. And uh, what would that team be, Philip? That's the L.A. Rams, baby. I watched the Rams against Seattle this Sunday, and, of course, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year with Matthew Stafford at quarterback, and they were in the Super Bowl four years ago. They lost to the Patriots with Jared Goff, who's now the Lions quarterback. So two Super Bowls in like three or four years. They win it last year, but Stafford is hurt, and he's out for the year. He hasn't been very good this year anyway. And they've been using these guys, Wolford and Gibson. So does Mayfield become McVay's starter right away? Um, probably not right away. They said he's, he might play this week, All right. this weekend, but uh, probably not right away. But He I was mean, in Carolina, and they benched him for Sam Donald. Their season's pretty much over. Yeah, they're done. They're actually on pace to have the worst record ever after a Super Bowl win. That's correct, yes. Very good. Nice job out of you. Thanks. All right, my next guest, of course, is a dear, dear friend for the better part of four decades. I always say him and Rudy, the two best politicians in the history of New York, Long Island's own Congressman Peter King, who also served Homeland Security. He's done so many great things for our state, for our country, and he's a super guy, and he's got a very emotional morning coming up. He's going to do the eulogy for a dear friend of his in less than an hour. With that said, here he is, the great Peter King. Pete, good morning. How are you, pal? Hey, Sid, it's always great being with you. It really is. Thank you. And uh, to put it in perspective, this funeral this morning is really going to be a celebration of Joe Andrino's life. He's a great guy. He was a decorated uh, Vietnam veteran. Uh, He was at every veterans event I ever saw. He was a great advocate for veterans. And he had a tough uh, 18-month battle with cancer. Never once complained. Again, he's a great guy. Uh, He's the type of guy that, you know, all Americans should be based on. But, again, it's a celebration. It's not sorrow. His family will be here. Hundreds and hundreds of friends. You know, just a great guy. The kind of guy you would have loved. Oh, what a special day, too, Peter, when you think about it, today being the 81-year anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. 81 years ago today, folks, 1944, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. So I know, of course, he, he fought many, many years later, Vietnam, not World War II, but kind of a very significant day for your friend Joe to have this funeral. Maybe you'll make that point, maybe you won't, but a very significant day. I was going to make that point, and you're right, though. And again, you know, we should never ever forget our veterans. That's what, you know, like the, the work that Frank Schiller does and uh, others, is just so important because you know we go about our lives, we complain about day to day things going wrong, we uh, you know bitch and moan about stuff. The fact is, those people are on the front lines. They put their lives uh, again at, at at risk for us. Some of them die in the battlefield. Some get wounded. Some have injuries that plague them later on in life. You know, different illnesses that they uh, caught. So, any event. It should be a really a, a day of celebration for Joe's life, and again, so many other veterans like him that we should ever, you know, never ever forget. They are they are what makes us what we are. Why we're able to have radio shows like yours. Yep. Why we're able to have guys like Lee Zeldin run for office. 
because of the great work done by our veterans. Yeah, and even guys like Aaron Judge make $360 million to play baseball. I mean, geez. Or Jacob DeGrom to get $300 million to never pitch. But on a <laughs> – you brought up Lee Zeldin. I know you listen all morning long. He was on yeah. about an hour ago, and I really thought Lee was going to tell me, listen, Sid, RNC chair, it's going to be me. Not only did he not say that, he said the fix is in. It's pre-baked. It's predetermined. I can't get it. Were you surprised to hear that like I was? Yeah, I was. Even to be honest with you, I, I think it's best for Lee that, again, it would be a great sacrifice for Lee to make. I just think he can go so far in politics. You become a Republican national champion. You get bogged down there. Uh, you're really working for other people. And Lee is such an independent-minded guy. I think he'd be uh, better advised to stay in uh, elective politics. But, again, he's a dedicated guy. I think he really wanted it. He would have gone for it if there was a chance. He says pre-baked. I don't know all the details behind it. But, you know, a lot of these things become inside clubs. And the fact is, the Republican National Committee does need a shakeup. I mean, there's no reason why, for instance, we won four congressional seats on Long Island, but nationwide, the Republican Party did almost nothing. I mean, yeah. uh, yep. uh, several years ago in New York, there was one Republican Congress. It was me. It was 27 to 1. Now we have 11 members of Congress. And this is a blue state. And we were able to win. These other states, there's no reason why we shouldn't have gotten more seats. Yep. The message wasn't there. I think all he did was be negative. As Lee said, it was anti-Joe Biden. They figured Biden is so bad, people have to vote Republican. Well, he is bad, but they wanted to turn it from us, and we really didn't give it. I think Lee would have been, or still would be if he wants it, if, if he gets it, Republican national chairman. But I just think there's so many other opportunities for Lee in elective office, whether it's Suffolk County executive, whether it's running statewide again, again uh, you know, one, uh, one more time to me, uh, or many more times. Uh, he's just a, uh, again, a first-class talent, and we need guys like him. By the way, six council seats, too. Ari Kagan announcing yesterday he's going to run as a Republican, which is a cowardly way to do it because he knows he could probably lose to Justin Brandon and has a better chance of winning on the other side, even though my friend Michael Ragusa is going to primary him. But uh, six council seats, too. The Republicans really did farewell in New York this year, as Frank Morano points out. Let me get to Trump. Uh, you're out there with Bo Deedle and others, uh, even Alan Dershowitz, uh, who's not a Trump fan, but he said the same thing this morning. I'm not sure that Trump has done anything really horrible. In fact, I am sure he has not. He has not. But when you add up all these things, right, perception sometimes more important than reality. When you add up January 6th and Mar-a-Lago, now his company guilty of 17 counts of fraud, him talking about ripping up the Constitution. He didn't mean it. I know that, but he said it. Uh, sitting down with Kanye West, forget about Fuentes, sitting down with Kanye West. When you add all these things up, Seems to me like Donald Trump is having a terrible, terrible month. No? Yeah, he is. And uh, so many of them are self-inflicted wounds. Like as far as you know, the prosecution uh, by Alvin Bragg, I wish he, Bragg spent more time going after real criminals and uh, protecting the people of New York. Which, by the way, Donald Trump did say on a Truth Social, and I agree with you, and I agree with Donald Trump, this is clearly a witch hunt. They're clearly after him. They've got more important stuff to do. But how many bullets can Trump take? Well, I said, and that's why it's so important for his sake that he not you know, be shooting himself at the same time. He has real enemies. He's not paranoid. There are people out to get him. No one's ever been attacked. No president's ever been attacked like Donald Trump coming from all all sides and primarily the progressive, the media, uh, you know, the inside people. They can't stand Donald Trump. They're going to be coming at him looking for every possible mistake, every, they, every lie they can come up with. So he shouldn't be giving them more ammunition to use against him. And, again, it's, sometimes he just seems to be oblivious 
that's what it means to be sitting down, for instance, with Kanye West. And other things he said over the years, that can really build up. So he's only making it tougher for himself. And as far as yesterday, he, w- he would be in a much better position to fight back against that if he always also wasn't defending himself about the Kanye West allegations and the other guy and uh, how he's going to tear up the Constitution. I agree with you. I, I, obviously, he's not going to tear up the Constitution, right. but he says these things. And part of it is he's used to and he's dealing with right now a small circle of people around him who encourage everything he says. He's got to get a more rounded group of advisors and people to talk to, and not just people who go to Miralago. Tell him how wonderful he is. Right. I mean, 2016, all that stuff was cool, right? It was refreshing. It was new. It was exciting. But now, with the country in really big trouble, Joe Biden doing a horrendous job. I mean, no one can really compare Biden to Trump in terms of presidency. He's Trump a a million times better, a billion times better. But with the country in so much trouble right now, I don't think that the American people have the patience or the appetite for some of the shenanigans that Trump used in his favor in 2016, eight years later. Is that fair to say? Yes, it is. I mean, he was a diversion. He was something different. He was shaking things up. Well, the fact is he's been you know, president for four years. He was there for four years. He's no longer the outsider. And he has to, I think, show more statesmanship, show more sense of responsibility. And people are worn out. They're worn out by what Biden is doing. But then if they look, oh, my God, it's going to be another back and forth every day between now and Election Day, you know, with Donald Trump. I mean, just, just really, in, in the last few weeks, at all the issues in the world, we're talking about Kanye West, we're talking about the Constitution, we're talking about this trial in the city, which, by the way, I'm not, I don't know all the facts, I'm like Dershowitz in some way on that, on this, but I'm following it generally. I'm wondering if you targeted almost any big corporation in New York, and you went after them, and you went through every record they have, if you couldn't come up, with uh, an indictment to be used against him. I mean, this is uh, just by the nature of it. You can do things unknowingly, unwittingly, carelessly, which are almost never charged as being crimes. And uh, again, when you think of all the years that they're talking about this happened, the total loss is really minimal. And even, you know, the, the only fine here is going to be a million and a half dollars. That's the only consequence of this. But it was to get Donald Trump to stigmatize him, to criminalize him, and he just plays into their hands. I mean, over the last month, you've been doing positive work. This judgment by the court yesterday, by the jury, would look like a bad thing. But now it just sort of rolls in, you know, rolls along with all the other yeah. allegations. It's cumulative. So it's he, cumulative. He's really got it straightened out. I agree. It's cumulative. All these things add up. And I'm, I'm fearful of that because I know you kind of you've gone the other way. And I respect you for that. I haven't. I would vote for Donald Trump right now, despite what these idiots say on social media, what they call a station. I've only said it a billion times. I would vote for Donald Trump right now, but he's so stupid sometimes that he, it's, it's like he's trying to sabotage his own run, and that frustrates and scares the hell out of me. Georgia, his guy, Herschel Walker, at least he was his guy. Then he found out that Herschel probably wasn't going to win, so he distanced himself. Right. I mean, he's so, he's so predictable, Trump. But uh, Walker loses 51-49 for the Democrats now in the Senate. What does that mean, Pete King? It, it's bad. Uh, it's not the end of the world, but the fact is now uh, with 51-49, the Democrats don't have to split the committees with Republicans. They get the subpoena power, and uh, just going toward 2024, it's one extra seat they have when it comes to you know, control of the Senate. But it also just, unfortunately, sort of creates this momentum. We should never lose in a state like Georgia. I mean, I think Brian Kemp, the governor, he won by eight, nine points. He beat Stacey Abrams who uh, still thinks she got robbed back in 2018. Uh, I mean, but he was able to win. And she was a prominent Democrat, a load of money behind her. And Brian Kemp won it. He was a, a, a won it. 
He was a mainstream Republican, and he had to also fight off Donald Trump the last few years. I mean, uh, it can't be dividing the party. So I think hopefully, though, uh, we can get ourselves together now and go forward. Uh, there's so many key issues out there. You know, as Lee was saying, I mean, the situation in New York is uh, really indicative of what's going on in other parts of the country. We were able to fight back here in New York. We almost made it, but we've made tremendous inroads, and that's what we have to continue to do. Let me ask you about uh, Mayor Eric Adams. He was on with me yesterday, and people claim he's my new best friend. That's fine. I could deal with that. Being friends with the mayor is not a bad thing, especially if you want the Republican side heard, which I provide for these folks. They should appreciate that every time I talk to Eric. But um, his plan, his initiative to get the homeless off the streets, when I said to him yesterday, some of this is pie in the sky, I thought it was great. He didn't argue. He said, yeah, but most plans start as pie in the sky. What do you think about uh, his plan and his response on this show yesterday? Yeah, that was a good interview. And uh, listen, I'm, I'm one of those people who feels that while I may not agree with Eric Adams on everything, he's the only one out there I see, certainly in the Democratic Party, and it is a Democratic city. He's the only one who was saying the right things. He does have the uh, experience as a, a, a cop over the years. And, uh, you know, look at his enemies, too. I mean, people who are attacking you, they don't realize that the progressives, the AOC wing of the party, is attacking Eric Adams every day. No, I think, listen, uh, his idea, as far as getting the mentally ill off the streets, is important. How it's implemented, that's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of uh, uh, you know, real, uh, preparation. But he's starting it. And as he was saying, maybe it's pie in the sky. you got to start somewhere. So I, I give him credit for that. And I just wish the people who are constantly trying to criticize someone would realize, hey, wait a minute, this is what we want him to do. He says he's going to do it. Let's work with him to get it done. You know, don't just sit back and attack him or attack Sid. It's, it's too much negativity here. I mean, listen, I can think of uh, a million terrible things I can say about you, Sid, but I don't do it. No, you save those for a dinner in that. front of Danielle, which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. One of the reasons why you're the best interview on this station and one of the best guests and co-hosts on this station is your range Pete, you want you have a million interests. You can talk about a million things. I love that about you. And one of the things you and I have in common is we're both huge New York Met fans. Jacob Degrom goes to Texas. See ya, and we get the reigning Sutting Award winner Justin Verlander for the next two years. Uh, people are saying, "Whoa, that's a lot of money." He's thirty nine years old, ninety million dollars. Blah blah blah. I think it's a great signing. What about you? Yeah, listen, if he stays healthy, it is going to be a great signing. He looked great last year, or 18-4. and four. Uh, He was just uh, phenomenal. Uh, listen, I, I like Jacob DeGrom. I wish he had stayed, but uh, listen, that, that's life. And it shows a guy like Steve Cohen. I mean, guy that, you know, uh, it was like a matter of minutes. DeGrom is gone. Verlander is in. <laughs> yeah. That is so important, I think, for the morale of the team. And, again, Verlander is one of the all-time great, great uh, uh, pitchers. Maybe you can get Kate Upton to come on the show with you. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, talk about baseball. and uh, <laughs> No, but I mean, really, it's just a uh, – it, it shows the spirit and the drive that Steve Cohen has. He's willing to put his money where his mouth is. And at the Mets, uh, this isn't like when Tom Seaver left and they went through no. 10 years of going nowhere. Right. I mean, this is – Steve Cohen wants to win. And also, let's be realistic. The Mets won 101 games last year, and uh, Jacob DeGrom only won five. So, uh, you know, they would have won at least 96 without him. So, uh, no, they are in great shape and uh, – I think if they can just get a you know a couple of middle relievers in there, and I, I hope they re-sign Brandon Nemo. I don't know where that's going. I I, I really would say yeah, I like him. I, I like to keep him too. I, yeah, 
Yeah. I'll tell you where it's going. Stoning Marte has already said, I'll play center field if Nemo's not here. So it sounds like he's not going to be here. Uh, on the way out, 30 more seconds to go, Pete. Uh, talk about your friend one more time, the eulogy, and what a brave and courageous soul he was. Yeah, again, Joe was sick for a year and a half with deadly cancer. He knew he was going to die. He never once complained. I was talking about this a few days before he died. You never would have known it. I mean, he was absolutely the most upbeat guy, positive guy. He was a 300-pound giant and just a great guy. So anyway, we need more Joe and Geno's in the world and less of the people of Bishop Mona on social media. <laughs> God, I love you. Hey, uh, sorry and about your friend. People, <laughs> you know, unless people take the knee at games. So. Well, that one too, exactly. Pete King, keep talking, man. You're the absolute best. I love you. And once again, sorry about your friend. Thank you, sir. All right, take care. George V. I love George V. Today is a Yankee day, not Mets with Judge signing. You're right, George. But Pete and I are Met fans. So we leave the Yankee stuff to you and Justin Ellick and the rest of you guys. Congratulations. George V. is right. Red Apple Media Vice President. Nine years, $360 million. Aaron Judge stays with the Yankees. Thanks for listening, George. I love you. Fourth and final hour coming up. Sitting friends in the morning. Only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. You take me home where the magic's from. Seventy-seven WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. If there's something that turns you on, if there's something that gets you excited, something that really gets you hot, makes you nasty, how about filling us in as to what the f*** it is? I loved him. I'm sorry. That was the great Sam Kinison. Now, why would I play Sam Kinison? He's been dead for so many years. Besides the fact that he's brilliant and was one of my favorite comics of all time. For me, for me, maybe not for you, but like I've got Rodney Dangerfield, Richard Pryor, Sam Kinison, those types of folks. The reason why I played this is this is one of the saddest stories I've read in years. Maybe that's an exaggeration. I don't know, but for me, it is. The laughs, Louis, Philippe, and the listening audience, the laughs come to an end New Year's Eve. No more laughing in Times Square in New York City because the legendary Caroline's Comedy Club is closing. 41 years. Let me tell you some of the folks that I've performed here in New York City at Caroline's over the years. Richard Belzer, Jerry Seinfeld, Billy Crystal, John Stewart, Jokoff, Joy Behart, Lowlife, Jimmy Fallon, the late, great Robin Williams, Conan O'Brien, Larry David. It goes on and on. My friend Gilbert Gottfried. You know, I've got a buddy named Greg Charles. And Greg is kind of the guest booker guy at Caroline's. And he would parade guests into the show with me and Bernard. For years, that was me, folks, yes. For years, Greg would bring in the guests. 
all these great comics, including Gilbert Gottfried, many times with us. But for 41 years, Caroline's has been the go-to place. I think even Danny Zoldan, our friend who owns Stand Up New York, would admit that. Is uh, is Dangerfield still in business on the uh, on 61st? And I no, it's gone. Okay, thank so. you. So the headline reads: "Jokes over as rent runs Caroline's out of Times Square." By the way, Caroline started in Soho in 1981. Then they moved down to the South Street Seaport in 1987, and they've been at that location in Times Square for 30 years, since 1992. 41-year run over. The laughs come to an end. New Year's Eve at Caroline's. I really want to bring on Caroline Hirsch, the owner on this show. That would be a great guest. This is a real piece of New York Americana legend. Sorry, it just is. And it's over. 41 years is a long run. It's a long run. Gotta go no respect at all. You tell him, Rodney, he performed there many, many times. Coked out of his face, by the way. Nobody did more coke than Rodney, not even Scarface. Well, he, he looked pretty good while doing it. Yeah, he did. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, this story depresses the hell out of me. You know, we had Joe Gorga and uh, Frank Catania in studio a couple of weeks ago. Real Housewives of New Jersey husbands. Because Joe was doing a show there back around Thanksgiving. And um, he was all excited. Of course he was. And I still walk past that piece every now and then and take a look at the windows and who's about to perform. Then uh, in the paper here today, they've got pictures of Gilbert and Seinfeld and Sandler and Fallon and Rosie O'Donnell and Robin Williams. It's all over. I don't know if comedy clubs, you know, it's kind of like movie theaters. I have to tell you that we were members when, uh, when I first moved to New York City. You guys know, of course, I lived on the Upper West Side for four years. That was hell. And I left. I ran to Rockaway. But the first two years that I lived in New York City back in 2016, 17, when I came back to New York, and Danielle and the kids met me in New York after six months, we moved to Hanover Square down by Wall Street. And I like that location. Not as residential as the Upper West Side, very touristy, but walking distance from the South Street Seaport, right there by the ferry. We take the ferry to Dumbo every now and then. It was very nice. ESPN Studios at Pier 17. And they, um, they have an, a, um, what's the name of that theater on IPix? Is that what I, it's called? IMAX. IMAX, whatever it is. It's that theater with the surround sound. They serve you food. You lay down like in a bed. They bring you a blanket and a pillow. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's like being in a planetarium. And we joined it. We were members of that theater. And we went to the movies, Lou, I would say three or four times a month. My kids love the movies. You know, that's when Black Panther came out. And we would go all the time. And COVID destroyed that business. I have not gone. I think I've gone to the theater once in three years. Once. It's over. I think the last movie I saw was the Queen movie. And how, how long ago was that? Oh, no. I think it was the Judy Garland movie. Oh, that was a good movie. Good Renee Zellweger? Yeah. She did a good job. We went out way out near my friend's house. And, well, uh, how many years ago was that? Oh, that was years ago. Oh, yeah. Easily, yeah. Like seven, eight years ago. I, right. I don't. I feel the need to go to a movie. Well, theater. no one does anymore. I did. I loved it. To me, that was a night out. It was a lot. Of, by the way, it was a lot of money. We would yeah, go for dinner. We go to the movies. I spent three hundred bucks, but it, that was a night out for us, and yeah. we enjoyed it. My uh, Katona friend from uh, college. Oh, here we go again, she, Katona. She yeah. worked at Catch a Rising Star after oh. Fordham after college. Nice. One of her jobs, and she used to get a lot of us in for free. To oh, see, that's a uh, great shows. club. 
Yeah. And it's amazing. Those kind of things where you're so close to yeah, each other. Yeah, they're over. It's over. You're, it's done. You're like two drink minimums, mm. and you might get food, but it, you're there, and they're right next to you. But comics. except for sporting events. I mean, I sat there at Giant Stadium on Sunday. You know, it was, you know, like a foot between me and Gabe and me and Pete Morgan, and there was not one seat open in that stadium, not one. Yeah. So sports, they crazy. don't care. They sit inside Madison Square Garden, 18,000 strong in a Nick game. They don't care. But comedy clubs, movie theaters, it's basically over. You're on top of each other. It's... Yeah, but so what? You're on top of each other at a giant game. You have no problem going to that or a Nick game. I know, but no, you have a little more room. It's funny. The not really. You can't move when you get up from the table. Nah, not really. I just I think people love sports You're more not than. Used to it. Yeah, I guess. Because I, I love going to comedy clubs. Not more than the theater. I love going to the movies. Well, I saw Rob at so many clubs from Long Island into the of course. city. Like it was Governors. Was, and yeah. That was a big spot for him. Club 1407, I think, was one. Is that in the city, Lou? Yeah, that was no. Midtown. That was one of the first ones. I think no. it was four to, something like that. No, I'm kind of sad about it. I don't know. I don't feel like you're all that sad. That's fine. I just I, I, I could just be sad alone. You with, okay, I'm torn. Sad. You're torn. I, I'm torn to shreds right now. This is really <laughs> impacting yeah. my whole day. So you don't even know. Like you're so young. Like it, it's a, sometimes I'm jealous. The word "stupid" is coming next. Yeah. Time. No. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, no. He's not stupid. He's no, it's not stupid. He's when you say young, stupid is implied. No. Yes. In certain cases. Yes. But in a lot of cases, whether it's him or Alec, they're just ignorant. They're not. They are stupid. Don't get me wrong. Very stupid. But but ignorant. They just don't know any better. They don't know. They're they're growing up in a in a generation that never leaves the house. You can watch everything on Netflix, on Amazon Prime, on Hulu. Heck, I'm in a bunch of movies and TV shows. I got another role yesterday. Thank you to Bruce Martin. I know you're listening. As a, um, an old boxer, training my brother to be a boxer. London Film Festival, Tribeca Film Festival. I've gotten the role. In fact, we start shooting oh. that in Brooklyn and Vegas coming up this spring. I'm shooting the tank job with Ron and Santa in Canada coming up in February. Gravesend will come out in March. Gemini Lounge will come out probably in March. Well, I've got a lot of stuff out there. I can help you with that. I can help you prep for You that can't help me with role. anything. You can't do anything. That box uh, No, no nothing, you. nothing. Uh, but now it's all at home. <laughs> like, you know, it, it'll be like, now Gemini Lounge will be in movie theaters across the country, but people don't go because uh, eventually you just get streamed and you watch it at home. And you guys don't know any better, but for me and Danielle, that was, that was a night out for many, many, many years. In fact, one of our worst fights, this is a true story, True story. We almost broke up. We did break up, I think. Yeah, it's a good story to tell. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're together now, 31 years later. Okay. But um, she wanted to see this movie, The Last Boy Scout. Okay, so that's um, Bruce Willis. Correct. And the movie starts with him on a football field, running down the field with a gun, like shooting people. Like the <laughs> dumbest movie. So it was either that or Demolition Man. I'm going to get you, sucker. Yeah, Demolition Man was, uh, was, was uh, Stallone Wesley and Wesley Snipes. Snipes. Yeah. And I wanted to see... And none of this is going to surprise you, knowing me. I wanted to see Sleepless in Seattle. Give me a love story. Give me the schmaltzy stuff. I couldn't care less about, you know, I don't watch any Will Smith Independence Day, all those stupid sci-fi violent movies. I don't want it. Give me the love story. So I ended up going to that Bruce Willis movie, and I sat there and bitched and complained and eventually walked out. And we had a huge screaming fight in the lobby where she basically said, you are a wussy, but use the word P instead. Oh, wow. Yes, because I wanted to go see a love story with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and not watch this, Ooh. just this stupid violence. And by the way, now she brings it up because every night I watch the ID channel. 
And all that is is violent murders. I watch it every night. She goes, oh, now look what you're watching now, right? Now, now all of a sudden violent murders are good, but you wouldn't go see The Last Boy Scout with me without giving me a hard time. God, that's like 25 years ago. Thir- more movie. than 30 years ago. But it's a good thing there weren't phones. Going on That's then. true. You're right. People yeah. would have like, this is great. I'm going to put Sid and Danielle <laughs> on my Instagram. Look at them screaming at each other. Yeah. It's well, great. Things are changing. So Caroline's Comedy Club will do its last show ever, New Year's Eve 2022, and will close their doors after 41 years. Say it isn't so. It is so. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah. Both 77 WABC listeners. <laughs> it's like Justin arranging everything in front of you. Well, I've got like 9,000 promos to read today. This is an exciting one. Top-ranked boxing is coming to Madison Square Garden. It all takes place this Saturday, December the 10th, when Brooklyn-born Teofimo Lopez takes on former European champion Sandor Martin. Tickets are available right now at Ticketmaster.com, but I've got a pair of tickets to give away right now. Be calling number 7 at 1-800-848-WABC, and you'll get a pair of tickets to see top-ranked boxing's Lopez versus Martin at Madison Square Garden coming up this Saturday, December the 10th. Call the number 7 right now, 1-800-848-9222. Gets a pair of tickets to the fight. Enjoy the fight, and good luck. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. A lot of Yankee fans inside this building, very excited this morning. John Katzmatidis, George V. John, of course, very close with Randy Levine, the Yankee organization. We do own our own baseball team. John does. We, listen to me, we, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. These guys are all excited about Aaron Judge. If you're just tuning in, nine years, 360 million. Turns out that at the last second, and this is through my friend Jeff Passan, who's a great baseball guy. He tweeted, Aaron Judge flew into San Diego at the last minute to decide among three teams, the Yankees, the Giants, and the Padres. 
That's when the Yankees bumped their offer to nine years, $360 million. And in the end, Judge decided he wanted to remain a New York Yankee. Like John says, the next Mickey Mantle. Phil was showing me, or Justin was showing me the tweet of the somebody from San Francisco. We're so like to thank him for the seven minutes we had. Seven, Judge. please. Ay, ay, ay. Thanks to John Heyman, which he'll always be known for doing that now. Well, Heyman came out with the first tweet and actually stated the Yankees signed him, and that right. was incorrect. He had to come back and, and correct himself. John's a very sharp guy. Unbelievable. I was he surprised is. to see that. That was really surprising. Yeah. Him? <laughs> I know. And he also misspelled Aaron Judge's name. He called him Arson Judge. No, he didn't. Did Ars- he really? Yes. yes. That's oh, story. my Arson God, John. Judge. That's why it's even worse. It's because he misreported and misspelled his name. They were calling him Cart. Uh, did not- Cart- Arson. Craig Cart- well, they yeah. were calling him This is Arson. why you have to tune into WFAN, by the way, because Boomer and Gio are going to talk about what I just told you and Lou just told you and Philip just told you in 30 seconds. They're going to tell you the same thing in four hours. <laughs> I'm not being serious. That's why there's no reason to tune into anybody else. You get the sports that Boomer and Geo give you with me, with us. You get the politics, but the right side, not the asinine side, that Len and Michael, that terrible show on WOR give you. <laughs> you get the music that Jim Kerr, the Hall of Famer, who happens to like very much, gives you on Q104. There's no reason to go anywhere else. You get the best interviews here, the most intimate interviews, and I'm going to say it again at the risk of getting killed on the Internet, Nobody in the business for a long time does a better interview than me outside of Howard Stern. That's it. That's it. I'll include Imus. I don't care. I'm better. And certainly nobody today. No one's even close. Even Bernie admitted that many times on the air with me. Get your uh, block button ready for this afternoon. Yeah, I'll be ready. You know, just be ready. I mean, enough, Sid. Why do you got to talk about yourself? The great ones don't do that. Did you hear Sid today? Yeah. Did you hear Sid? Did not talk about himself all the time? Michael Jordan, Wayne Wayne Gretzky called himself the great one himself. Mark Levin goes by the great one. I don't know. Is he crazy? What's the matter with him? If he just showed a little, if he was just a little more, oh, I don't know, like, uh, what's the word? Humble. A little more humble. Like Bernie. Like Bernie, exactly, right. (laughs) (laughs) Idiots. Somebody actually, I I said yesterday that I pretty much ran the show for six years, which I did. No one's here to see what happens on a daily basis. You guys are. You see what happens. Bernie was all too happy to let me run the show because you know I had the great radio instincts. Now they're killing me for that. Yeah, that was, I I saw that. Those made me laugh. Yeah. Now, Phil, you've been here for a a long enough time now to see that uh, even though we were a team, me and Bernard, a great team, mind you, and I miss him desperately, I ran the show. I book almost every single guest, everyone. The only thing I did not do in the morning was pick what cuts Bernie wanted to play because that was his thing. That's what he did. But the show itself, music, guests, topics, who picked all that uh, for the most part, Phil? Go who? Ahead. Go ahead, Phil. Uh, it was yeah. Phil Wade. Mostly yeah. me. But I just love the, uh, the, the, the feedback that the, a lot of the listeners had. Where they, they were so sure that it wasn't you. Right, <laughs> it was, right. No, it wasn't him, because they're here, of course. They see what happens every morning. I love that. They knew the 1 a.m. phone calls with Bernard, the 5 a.m. phone calls with Bernard, but I told Justin every morning, or Meanie, or Jill, or you. They saw all that, so. Those are are the funniest to me. Right. No, he's wrong. Whatever he's saying is wrong. He's wrong, right, right, right. As if they have any idea. (laughs) Right, they have no idea. Right, it's stupid. And it's not a a knock at anybody. It's not a, 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 I'm just trying to explain to you folks that if you've loved this show for so long, and you want to give this show credit, well. Buck stops here. 
Yeah, I think it's, it's like that with a lot of things. People just think they know everything about everything. They know nothing about and nothing. They don't know anything about like what goes on behind the scenes about anything. Of course anything. not. Of course not. There, there's so many intricacies but, behind But here's every, the difference. Yeah. I tell them. Like, yeah. um, hosts don't tell them. They just don't believe it. They don't right. want to believe, don't believe it. It's, I tell you straight up what really happened, what's been happening, what happens, and you don't want to accept it. So you have 122 comments on the most idiotic post I've ever seen, which for some reason Keith Smolin allows on the page, and every one of you is wrong. And they say one person says one thing, they say, agreed. 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 Yeah. Agreed. Bernie drove the ship, not Sid. Agreed. <laughs> I just gets me. It gets me when people are so sure of things they have no idea about. It's, it's so funny to me. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Mike Sullivan, who's recovering from surgery. God, I love Mike. His brother Thomas, of course the subject of a lot of our conversations on this show and other shows on this station, getting screwed by Stacey Amato as we speak in that Assembly Queens race. Mike Sullivan says, opening day, just to remind you, Sid, and your listeners, you know the Yankees play on opening day? The Giants. Aaron Judge very nearly played against the Yankees on opening day. Nice job, Mike Sullivan. Imagine the booing that day. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Wow. 99 yeah. in a San Francisco uniform against the, Gi- the Yankees. But, of course, he's still a Yankee. People so. would be holding up signs. Thanks a lot, Arson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, this is like a little bit they of... They would blame me. They'd say, uh, yeah, somehow they figure oh, out shit. a way to blame me. <laughs> if Bernie Sid was alive, Judge would still be a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great shirt. <laughs> <laughs> They'd find a way. We missed out on some merch. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's a big deal, though. I mean, it's a very, very big deal. Mets get Verlander, Yankees get Aaron Judge. And, and I tell people this all the time. Uh, such a hard time working in Florida because down there, football is all they care about. They don't care about anything else. They did care for a little while about basketball because Shaq and Wade won a championship. And then LeBron, Wade, and Chris Bosh went to four consecutive NBA finals. They won two. So the Heat were the biggest team in the country, Pat Wiley. So they cared a little bit about basketball. But otherwise, it's football all the time. And here I am trying to talk baseball. They wanted no part. Even when the Marlins went to the World Series in 97 and lost to the Indians and beat the Yankees in uh, 2003, they wanted no part of it. No part of it. And baseball in New York, as much as you love the Jets or the Giants or the Yankees or any one of these teams, uh, the, uh, the, excuse me, the Rangers, baseball in New York is so far and away the most popular sport. I would yell at Justin sometimes for not leading with baseball. He didn't know. It wasn't his fault. He's, he's just ignorant there. That's not stupidity. Okay. Oh, sorry. I no. thought it was, I was going to predict it's coming. But both, both are not great character, uh, both no. adjectives, right? Yeah, well, ignorant is not, no. not a positive spin. Well, what do you, but, but I've taken the time to teach course, you. Uh, you've done a great job. Thank you. And I take everything uh, you say with a grain of salt. Just kidding. No, just no, kidding. no. <laughs> but, uh, you probably do. But all the things that you do now, I did the same thing, just Nervous so you know. I, I got yelled at. I mean, I remember I did sports one year for 10-10 wins. Mark Renee is still mad at me. And um, I did it the last year of Judy DeAngelis. It was me, DeAngelis, and uh, who's the guy? Lee Harris. Did you do it with the typewriter sound effect underneath? No. No, No, they did it. They played it. Yeah. But I was in Boca. I actually did it for my living room in Boca, but nobody knew. People are like, oh, my God, Sid's back in New York. I wasn't. Uh, you, know, uh, the, you know the internet knew that, and they were hammering me for that. <laughs> Sid's doing it from his house. I know it. Yeah, I'm right in my den in Boca Raton. I would go right to the pool after doing the sports on 10-10 <laughs> wins in the winter. You know. But I remember one day specifically I said, later on tonight, the Mets in Pittsburgh taking on the Pirates. I got an email from Ben Meverack, who actually runs 10-10 wins to this day. He's a sweetheart. One of my favorite people in the business. He ripped me a new anus. He's like, you need to know. 
The Mets are in Queens, not in Pittsburgh. Like, little things like that, they went nuts. What are you thinking about? If you led with football instead of baseball and the Mets or Yankees made a big signing, Mark Chernoff, I would never hear the end of it. No, he came running with his arms crossed. Right, with right. With paper. And what would he say? Uh, you, wh- what were you thinking? <laughs> What were you thinking? You, now, I, I told you this before. Uh, we're going to have the same conversation again. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and so I bring this to baseball. Justin. Right. I'm trying to teach this to Justin. And uh, he makes fun of me instead of, uh, but he does listen. He does listen. And you've gotten a lot better. In fact, even Danielle said yesterday, Justin sounds a lot more professional. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. He's, yeah. ig- he's ignorant of his stupidity. That's Rich, Rich, Rich Lowry's a big fan of mine as well. Who's not a fan of yours? Rich Lowry. Big fan. Big oh, he's fan a big of fan? Big fan of mine. Yeah. No, he's not. A couple of times he's actually come on and Let me said, text uh, him right now. Said, uh, oh, I'm going to text him right now find this out. Said, I actually Stop. remember every time somebody says something good about me. Oh, so Rick Lyra came on the air once well, and he said, since when so did Justin Ellick become a superstar a sports reporter? I think those were exact words. And then he laughed right after. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. No, come we we I want you to come sit next to me for a second. I am sitting next to you. No, stand up so you can see what I'm typing. Come here. I want you to read this on the air. The name... And what does it say? Who's that? Uh, Rich Lowry. What does it say? Like, why wouldn't he believe you? It says, do you think Justin is actually good at sports? (laughs) Now, okay. Wait. But, all right. But, okay. Oh, my God. Look, look, look. Look what you wrote back. He's fantastic. In well, two seconds. By the way, like of it took him. He did that deliberately oh, to make you crazy. And it took him like less than thirty seconds. Oh my to answer. god! Two seconds. Now, by the way, the difference between ignorant and stupid. Ignorant is what I am. Stupid is phrasing the question: Do you think Justin is actually good at sports? <laughs> right. That's Why is like, that stupid? Because no. that because that's it's, not asking him if I'm good at sports reporting. He knows that's, what I'm talking about. I know about he knows stupid. Ta- well, okay, well, no. You're stupid again. I'm ignorant. You're stupid. No, he actually said no. fantastic. <laughs> He's still typing. He goes. He said um, literally once. As far as I can remember. Yeah, no, literally one time he said wow. it. I remember, wow. I remember when people say nice things about me. That's why I forget everything you say. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's All every right. day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm happy do for that you. Thing, do that thing that I want you to I do. I already did this already, didn't I? I don't I, think I you forgot did. You already. Yeah. Folks, the holidays are here. Play some Christmas music for me, will you, Lewis? Oh, yeah, sure. The, uh, the holidays are here. <laughs> yeah, right now, right now. It's time to help make a difference. This is a big deal. I'm excited to do this. Join us here at 77 WABC on Thursday, December the 15th from 6 a.m. until noon as we team up with my dear friend Frank Siller and the Tunnel to Towers Foundation for our annual holiday radiothon. Listen and help raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Season of Hope with me, Sid Rosenberg. I'm going to host all six hours All the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first responder heroes and their families this holiday season. This is amazing stuff. Don't want to don't want to wait to donate? You can do it right now. Go to wabcradio.com slash donate. Spread the holiday spirit with 77 WABC and the Tunnels to Towers Foundation on Thursday, December the 15th, starting with me, Sid Rosenberg, at 6 a.m. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Friends.
can read some of these at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Maria Fiorenza says, I've not been able to listen the last couple of weeks. Show is great. Very entertaining and pointed interviews. Good luck with the new format. Your friends are also very talented. Best wishes. On the heels of that, literally two minutes later, Kelly the Giacomo, Bowmeister from the Ice House in the Bronx. I love Bernie, but I have to admit the interaction with you and the guys now is great. Keep it up. There's some great young talent in there with you, and it's working. There is? Yeah, Lou is great young talent. Fantastic. Lou's no. like 100 years old, bro. No, he's a good young talent. He's a prospect. He in the looks sport. young. He looks young, but he's like 100 years old, man. Um, close. Lou used to smoke weed with Levon Helm. That's all you need to know. He's old. That is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of weed with Levon Helm. So. Yeah. He, his stuff was good, green, right? green. Oh, man. He rolled joints that were like grass, real green. It was that pure. Look at you. You're, you're, this, you're like I'm so excited to like, about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. I always want one. And I've been off it for a long time. It's what like, was the last time you smoked a joint? Um, a couple of years. Really? Yeah, do you do edibles to... now? Or like no, I do no. in Russo? No, okay. No, I, I love edibles. I do. So do he, I. He, yeah. So, yeah, he does. Yeah. He'll does Turn into a zombie. So do I. Mary Ortizio Allison, sweet girl. Another amazing show coming to a close. Don't know how you do it every morning, but man, you're amazing. Thank you. That's great of him. Thank you indeed. Thanks. That's very nice. That's to me, right? I don't know who it's for. I don't care. I think I'm going to take it. As it I read three me. nice ones. There's 122 mean ones on uh, Facebook. <laughs> how about Facebook? I don't have time to read all those. How about Facebook? Yeah. Not be so I don't have nice. time to read all those. I forgot if I, I did do. this yet. I think I have to do this uh, This one more of these um, promos. The Big Apple Circus is back for its 45th anniversary season. The Big Apple Circus, starring Nick Wallenda, invites you to experience the excitement of its dazzling and newest extravaganza, Dream Big. Join us under the big top at Lincoln Center, where astonishing wonders and daring acrobatics set imagination soaring to the most astounding or inspiring heights. Get ready for some fantastical performances from King of the High Wire, Nick Walenda, comic daredevil Johnny Rocket, the Kiraku Brothers, aerialist Alan Silva, trapeze artist Ellie Uber, and juggling master Gina Cristiani Veronica and her talented dogs. Be calling number seven right now at 1-800-848-WABC to get a family four-pack to the Big Apple Circus. Not the Red Apple Circus, which does exist, as Lou said. 1-800-848-9222. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. I'll say it. No, I'll say it. I'll take credit for it. Not the Red Apple Circus, which does exist. Be calling number seven like right Lou now. Said. Get a family pour back to the Big Apple Circus, and uh, you'll enjoy it. It's a great holiday uh, deal. So, uh, you know, Pete Morgan just asked my, what my working schedule is. I think I'm working right up until the twenty third. I believe. Perfect. That's when I'm. Is that you too? I think so. Yeah, that Friday the twenty third, and then I'll take off uh, after that for like uh, I guess till January second, you know. I don't know. Did you say what what day did January? 2nd? I guess yeah. I mean, I I'm not going to work Christmas or New Year's. I always take that week off anyway, but I usually take two weeks off. But I stopped doing that years ago because they asked me to, and I said, okay, fine, fine. But and then Bernie was sick a lot last year, so I got very little time off, almost none, zero. I mean, I know I, I did one week in L.A. to film that movie. Other than that, I think I took a couple of days off during the summer. That was really it for the most part. But I will take off from the 23rd to the 2nd. 
And then people always say, well, who's filling in? And my answer is always the same. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Jimmy Crackhorn. Yeah, I don't care. No. There are people in this business that are so nervous that, God forbid, they may put somebody in there better than me. I got to know who's filling in. Ain't nobody better than me. I don't care. You put, put them all in. Get everybody. Get, get Sean Hannity. Whatever, get Stern. Yeah, get Curdy. I don't yes, care. Throw, sure. them, throw them all in. That's it. Kill me. Dad. I don't care. Yeah, everybody. Get them all. Sure. Adam yeah. Sandler. Yeah, do whatever you want. Table. What do I don't care? Yeah. I can't, can't what are we going to talk about? Seriously? Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. They'll all sit down and talk about the Warnock Walker race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to yell about the internet and blocking people? <laughs> Which one of you do that? <laughs> ah. uh, people love that stuff. Though. You'd be surprised. They love it. They can't get enough of that. And they run right to the net to put something else out there. So that's uh, that's kind of what we're, we're kind of hip in that respect, you know, because we pay attention to social media, the interaction, all that stuff, which most hosts don't do that because they don't do it. They just don't do it. Like Mike Francesa never went on the – that hurt him, I think. That hurt him. Yeah, he was uh, – yeah, he wasn't really tolerant of that No, stuff. he wasn't at all. No, he didn't care. I don't care. What Even I had to beg Bernie time and time again. Come on, Bernie, go on there. Do something. So, I mean, at least Bernie came along. He was cute. He actually – his Facebook posts were cute when he wasn't, you know, redistributing Trump stuff. It was pictures of his dogs. He has such cute dogs, by the way. Him and Carol on the boardwalk, that was really cute. You know, him and his son playing basketball, really cute. So he eventually came along. But, my God, some of these older hosts, they don't want to hear it. I mean, I remember the first time I came to New York, that stupid message board with that idiotic dentist, Alan yeah. Sniffin. <laughs> they started kicking the crap out of me because I talked too much about Facebook and MySpace or whatever the hell it was back then. They're like, nobody cares about that. Okay, right, nobody cares. I mean, Donald Trump pretty much won and ran his presidency on Twitter, on the 50 million people that followed him on Twitter. Don't tell me nobody cares about social media or there's no place for it in radio. Are you nuts? Just retire. Give it up. It's okay. Just retire. But there are stuff, there is stuff that matters today that it just matters, whether you like it or not. I don't like all of it. I, I, in fact, I, I, I hate most of it. I have not been on Twitter now for about three weeks. Have you, Lou? Oh, you're not on Twitter, are you? No, I, I, that's where I. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of uh, bad stuff. Yeah, I love a lot Twitter. of bad stuff. I don't love think. it. Oh, you wanted a lot, though? Oh, um, uh, like 12 hours a day. I, I have not been on Twitter in yeah, three weeks. That's how three he weeks. saw the. Uh, oh, the he saw the judge. A-Rod, that's, that's how, the yeah. judge thing, right. Yep. Was this Spike Lee quote on Twitter? Spike Lee, this is unbelievable. He was in Georgia yesterday stomping for Warnock. Yes, that's right. Spike Lee. The guy sitting on the bench at Madison Square Garden, nicknames Mr. Brooklyn, right? What was his name? That character, Mars Blackman? Yes. Mr. Brooklyn, Mars Blackman in Georgia. Money, how you do it, money? 25th Hour is a great movie. But here is, uh, here's the audio, the, uh, the tremendous, and I mean tremendous, movie producer, director, writer, whatever the hell he does, he's great at it. Also, one of the world's most lethal racists. Spike Lee, live from Georgia yesterday. We will not be denied. Because we are on the right side. Check this out. We're on the right side of her story and his story. See what he did? You got to say both now, and I'm, I'm down with it. My wife put me in check. Deep check. Thank you, Tanya. We're in a very pivotal moment in history history of this country. We've seen a lot of shenanigans, skullduggery, subterfuge wow. by the former president. I don't call him by his name. Skullduggery. I call him Agent Orange. 
I don't know what he's talking. What's he talking about? So we can't be led astray. No. Hoodwinked. Nope. Bamboozled. Okay. Spike <laughs> you. Is that it? Why were they cracking up at the bamboozled part? Because he says it's so funny. I guess, yeah. That's, that's a, a that's delivery. A call, that's a thing that Stephen A. Smith does. I know he does that, yeah. So Hoodwinked. that was Spike Lee in Georgia Left yesterday. Straight. Hey, today is uh, the birthday for one of the greatest NBA legends of all time. There was a time when I loved the NBA. It was a long time ago. It's not Jokic's birthday today. <laughs> I know it's not Jokic. You're right. I can't stand this NBA. Do I watch it? Sure. Sure, I watch it. I, uh, I care about the Knicks. I do. I pay attention to the Nets. But I can't stand it. I hate the players. I mean, I hate them. I hate them with a passion. I, I mean, I hate's a strong word, but I despise LeBron James. I can't stand Durant or Irving. Most of the major superstars in this league, I hate them. Steph Curry, no good. Guy's always telling me how great uh, his coach is, Steve Kerr, who's, uh, who's a traitor, in my opinion. But there was a time when I loved the NBA, and that was that period, the 80s. Shalom. When we sent that dream team with guys like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson. And yes, who could forget the great Christian Leitner? What? Oh, he was on that team. Straight out of Duke. He made an all-star team. He did. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson. What a team that was. But today, Larry Bird, Mr. French Lick, celebrates his 66th birthday. And I got to go back to the day he, um, he retired when he talked about being a Boston Celtic and what it was like to win on his 66th birthday. Larry the legend. Play this, Lou. Larry Bird. Cut number 17. 13 years ago, when I loaded up the car and headed to Boston, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. I've been very fortunate over the years. (laughs) I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make me cry, and you probably will. I've been very blessed over the years. I played with some of the greatest players that ever played the basketball game. Yes, I'm going to miss playing for the Boston Celtics because I was very proud to play for the Boston Celtics. I never put on a uniform to go play a game. I put on a uniform to win. I was taught to win. I was taught to win and I was taught to be proud. I was taught to hold my head up high. When you lose, you hold your head low. You try to motivate yourself to the next game. I knew when I got here, after the first few games, that you demanded this team of ours and this organization to start winning championships. We knew that, the players knew that, and most of all, our opponents knew that. We did our best to win not only games every night, but championships. Joseph Abu just had an orgasm in his car, just so you know. Literally, right in his car, just oh now. Oh, my goodness. I swear to God. I can't get enough of Larry. I can't get enough. Oh. That's terrible. That was for you, Joe Abu. Happy birthday, Larry Bird, 66 years old. One of the greatest championships ever. A young Larry Bird at Indiana State taking out a young Magic Johnson at Michigan State. Those were the days when basketball was worth watching. Today, garbage. I'll be right back. If I leave here tomorrow, would you still remember me? 
This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Boy, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Done great show, Lewis, Macedonia, Phil, Justin, Ellick, Deb Valentine, Frankie, Norm, everybody, all the guests. Thank you so much. Be back again, God willing, at 6 a.m. tomorrow on a Thursday morning. Until then, from all of us to all of you, New York, have yourselves a happy Wednesday. accident trust gabo law personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time gabo law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you but don't take our word for it read their five-star reviews from former clients on google avo and facebook call gabo law today 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or Email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.